Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast, presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I am your host, Nathan Desaw, from the uh, co-host of the Toku Secrets Podcast. Today we are going to be continuing our treasure hunt in our Gokaiger review series. Um, we are going to be covering episodes 28 through 38. Um, now, this is going to be another really big uh, content-filled review. And uh, because <clears throat> all these episodes are going to have some pretty big uh, events happening in them, and I can't possibly hope to cover all these by myself. So if my two uh, crewmates will please uh, talk to the audience, tell them uh, who you guys are. Go ahead, guys. So he's lying. He's <laughs> perfectly capable of doing this all on his own and doesn't need us for anything. But. To make him feel better, hi, I'm Riz One. <laughs> Appreciate I the Anthony Tenas. No, okay. you're Kai Hikari. Or... Okay, guy. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I could pull. I could pull it off if I decide to get his cosplay one day. Oh my god. Well, absolutely, you can. I want to. See you already that. did. Sh you already did Shane from Ninja Storm. So true, I did. I was debating whether or not I should do either that or like a Yu-Gi-Oh character, but I wasn't sure, so I was like, uh, you know. You know, that actually reminds me of a some of this thought I once had back in the day, where uh, I was thinking like I would make photos of like uh, where I would get like some of our where I would take photos of us and, like, some of our friends. Obviously, we don't have any, uh... Obviously, none of the fem uh, girls that we podcast with are into Sentai that much, but I thought, like, I would take, um, photos of some of us in Anime Secrets and, like, make us into Sentai characters, and when I was gonna do the Gokaijers, I was gonna have Riz be red, I was gonna be blue, and I specifically remember when I was running this idea by you, Anthony, I asked, like, I should make you silver. So that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely being silver because I, I don't see myself as Dawn. I just, like, no. I, I don't hate Dawn, but it's like, I don't see myself as his personality. Like, I'm more of a guy character, honestly, because of how, you know, nostalgic he is about Sentai. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I, I, I do see myself in Guy the most. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, wait, did you want to say something, Riz? No, I'm I'm good okay. to go. Let's get going. Uh, there's only one. Really there's only one thing to talk about with the uh, with the news of Tokusatsu, the Ranot section. Um, this is literally this just in. Um, I was uh, uh, most of the time whenever I get uh, Tokusatsu news, I just go to the Super Sentai and Common Rider uh, subreddits. Um, the only big thing that caught my eye was that. Uh, and again, now keep in mind these are rumors, so. You don't want to take them completely seriously, but so far this website that has been leaking these rumors has been pretty accurate. Um, they've released some information about uh, the colors for the uh, upcoming Sentai, uh, Dom Brothers. Um, 
apparently um it's gonna be uh they're gonna we're gonna be back to like normal colors we're gonna have red yellow black blue and pink okay maybe that's not entirely normal since in power rangers it's normal we i guess you could consider it black since you know there was a black ranger in mighty morphin but in sentai it's usually green but uh what's weird is that um there's these names that they have next to them. Uh, Heat is red. Oni, I'm not sure what they mean by Oni because that can mean a bunch of different things. For yellow, um, a dog, black, monkey blue, and pheasant pink. Um, I'm guessing from what they from what they've hinted at, they might be trying to imply that. Um, Everyone except red might be might be based on an animal or something, kind of like uh, kind of like the uh, Geoger characters. Everyone except uh, what was uh, Geo Eagle's name Yamato, I think. Yamato. Um, yeah, it's Yamato. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, uh, but the only other thing I know is that um, apparently the dog. The only other thing that it says on this little. Uh, thread is that uh the dog monkey and pheasant characters are supposed to be cgi which uh does kind of a uh, gel with something that we spoke about previously um with uh sentai switching to a cgi only format um so yeah i mean i guess it's news that you know we're gonna get red yellow black blue and pink but there's a lot of curious rumors about this Sentai. I mean, I'm I guess I guess it's gonna be animal themed, but And I also heard that like they like three of the three of the characters are gonna be CGI, but I think that all of them will get suit will get suits, you know, like real suits, you know, to transform into. Yeah, that's what it says in the rumor thread that I had that I found. Hey so, Nate. What's that? Did you say what do you say for red again? Repeat that. Heat. Okay, that's what I'm reading too. I don't yeah. understand because I understand dog, monkey, and pheasant are animals. Oni, in my definition, I think means demon or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Oni is demon because that's, that's literally what they're called in Demon Slayer or Onis in Japanese. Right. So it's like yokai, demon, ogre. So this is like, you know, a monster type thing. And then Pete. Is that a is that like a freaking the fruit? That's the only thing I can think of. That'll be interesting. Your guess is good as mine. <laughs> I mean, okay, so like it it what what? I don't understand. Well, I mean, December is right around the corner, so hopefully, uh, although it'll, it'll be December by the time this video is posted, um, so hopefully we'll have scans more about, uh, what, um, about what the, uh, the Sentai uh, is going to look like by then. But I'm intrigued. It is interesting, though, that they picked this Sentai to have that color scheme, given it will be the 30th anniversary for Zia Ranger, and that's their color scheme as well. 
Yeah. So to me, that's pretty cool. Other than that, uh, there, there, there's not much. I mean, now that uh, the Sentai has been announced, uh, there's, um, it's, uh, it's pretty slow as far as the news is concerned until we get more scans and like actual uh, photos released of what the toys are going to look like and what the. Um, well, they have mentioned um, what, um, based on uh, some of the toy lines that were announced, they have said um, some of the. Uh, weapons that they're going to use, but it's pretty standard stuff, you know, like blasters and, you know, swords that they use. So that's not really major news because what Sentai team doesn't come with, uh, with like blasters as their main sidearm at this point. Um, right. So yeah, it's pretty slow news, but uh, hopefully we'll have some more on Dawn Brothers very soon. Um, but uh, did, did you guys have anything? in the news that you want to talk about? I just hope we finally get back combining weapons, because we we haven't had that in like, jeez, I think, I'm trying to think, was Tokyuja the last, last, last Sentai to do combining weapons? Well, that's the most recent Sentai I've seen all the way through, and uh, if that's the case, and they did combine all their weapons, so wow, they, yeah, they really haven't, the other they haven't done it since Tokyuger. Wow, yeah. that's bad. <laughs> the, the combined team bazooka is like an iconic um, thing. They, did, for they, they didn't do it in, uh, in Go Busters, I know they did it in Kyoryuger, obviously. Um, they didn't have weapons to combine in Go Busters. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. It was just they were just their sidearms, and then they had like um, they had a weapon that they would all use together, but it wasn't like a combining weapon. Mm-hmm. Did they have? A... Did they all have the same type of weapons? And um, I mean, so far with what I'm watching with uh, Dino Fury, I know that they didn't have any individual weapons to combine in a Ryu Soldier. No, it was just the armor pieces that they had. That was it. Did they have anything in Knee Ninja? Nope, just the swords. swords. Wow. Can we bring that back then? I can't believe it. That they really abandoned that gimmick. It's not a gimmick. It's, what do you mean? It's, it's not a gimmick to have like the weapons combined. It's a motif, I would say. It's just it's a trope. Yeah, it's a trope. It's yeah, it's like because yeah. gimmick composite it's, it's a money grab. But I mean, yeah, it's cool for the toys to have that. But also, to me, that's not really much of a money grab. More so, like just a staple, or mm-hmm. it was a staple, I guess. Like every team needs their power blaster. Yeah. Or whatever, or whatever you want to call it, whether it be called the Vortex Blaster or uh, um, the Unilaser, uh, whatever. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going, no, going back on it now, yeah, Tokyuja was literally the last Sentai to do combined weapons. Wow, that is sad. I should have enjoyed that when I was watching Tokyuja. Imagination! <laughs> okay, I, I I literally just walked right into that. Um, <laughs> What'd you it's funny. Um, I was talking to some of our 
newer fans that have been listening to Tokyo Secrets lately. And uh, for whatever reason, I we were really big on doing the Imaginary Son gimmick in our first couple of episodes for the Tokyo User Review. And dude, they are loving it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that that's why I saw my my thing to say that again because it was something I've been throwing out lately when I talk to those guys. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna drown us if y'all have anything else cool. If not, let's get going. Let's get this show on the road. Yep. And make it extremely soy. As all of it. All right, so we're going to do a brief recap with uh, what happened when we were last with the Gokaijers. Um, we now have a sixth Gokaiger, uh, Guy Ikari. He has, he's an uh, young adult from, the, from Earth who, he's a super fan of Super Sentai, and he has the ability to transform into Gokai Silver. He can fuse uh, the six, multiple Ranger Keys together. And, and he's able to fuse all six Ranger Keys to create gold mode. We talked about how we don't exactly, aren't exactly fond of that in the previous uh, video. <clears throat> uh, there was an episode where Bosco was revealed to be able to forcibly take the Grand Powers from Sentai Rangers against their will. Um, and other than that, the only, the three big things that happened is that the Gokaijers have... Obtained three new grand powers since the uh, begin since the last one. They received uh, the grand power from Gingaman, and they also got the uh, Black Knight Ranger key um, during that process. Uh, which means that Bosco still has nine Ranger keys. Um, they received it from Gogo Five and Hurricaneer. Um, sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> so. I can't remember how many they have now, but uh, they're, let's just say that they're making progress, at least. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we're going to begin with episode 28, Wings Are Eternal. Uh, this is a tribute episode to Jetman, my favorite Sentai, as I think I've made clear on this show multiple times. Um, uh, Jetman was not adapted into a Power Ranger season, so this is probably the first tribute episode we're getting to. Pardon me. Uh, we're, this is the first tribute episode we're getting to a Sentai that was not adapted into Power Rangers. Although, funnily enough, um, I don't think enough people, uh, a lot of people know this. Um, Jetman was almost adapted into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, it was uh, it was really popular in Japan, like super popular. And uh, Saban was hoping to kind of capitalize on the popularity of it, but. Ultimately, when it came down to deciding between the birds and the dinosaurs, he obviously thought that, you know, dinosaurs would be more appealing to kids. So he went with that. Uh, he, yeah. he was definitely right on that. He was definitely right on that because um, uh, I have a, a three-year-old nephew who loves dinosaurs. So, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love Jetman, but I think he made the right choice because uh, just... Um, just knowing Jet, just knowing some of the things about Jet Man, it might not have translated the best, but we'll talk about that later, some other time. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, 
So anyway, as the episode begins, uh, we're shown uh, two people. There's a mysterious man and a woman. They're playing poker in a bar. Uh, the man is having a couple of drinks. He beats the woman in the bar, and he apparently brings a deal that he made with her if he wins. He says that he doesn't like the, um, the, the alcohol there at the bar, so he wants to go somewhere else. Um, then we cut to the Gokaijers. Uh, they fight off a big Zanyak attack, um, but then as they're traveling back, it's revealed that the Zanyak has hired a bounty hunter to go after them. This bounty hunter's name is Kiido, and his design looks way too much like Boba Fett or the Mandalorian. So he's probably... Oh, I didn't think about it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you might want to look out Mando because you might have another guy that's going to challenge you for the Darksaber. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, the Gokai just meet up with Kiato. Now, <clears throat> we find out in a flashback that Marvelous encountered uh, Kiido before during his time as a red pirate, and Kiido pretty much wiped the floor with them, like absolutely just massacred him to the point where uh, he was so bored that he intentionally stabbed himself in the chest just to give himself a weak point because he thought that would just make it much more interesting battling Marvelous again. So Marvelous is pretty scared, and uh, the Gokai just try to battle Kiido, but he pretty much walks right through them. Um, and the Gokai, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. The Gokai are unsure of what to do, but then when they're wondering how to defeat Kiido, Navi gives them an accidental clue on how to um, unlock on on the next grand power. Uh, Navi's clue is that there will be a bird of fire to defeat an enemy. And uh, the Gokaijers both realize that this clue will help them defeat Kiido. And Guy, being a big uh, Sentai fan, concludes that the prediction is about Jetman. Um, a really uh, interesting bit is that he goes on to <clears throat> talk about uh, what the... Um, what some of the Jetman have done since they retired. Now, I'm not going to go into much detail about who does what. I, um, but if you know, if you've watched Jetman like I do, everything that they've gone on to do uh, makes sense. Uh, he says that one is the president of an online vegetable company. Another one is a singing idol. And then two of them are married. Um, which, again, if, you know, if you've seen Jetman, then you know who's who. Um, so the Gokai just believe that uh, this that finding the Jetman's grand power will help them defeat Kiido. So they go out searching for the Jetman. Now while they're out searching, they split up into groups of two. They encounter this dude on a motorcycle. He's the same guy that uh, that uh, beat the woman at the bar. Um, same. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That he beat her at poker, not didn't literally beat her up. He's not that kind of guy, I assure you. Um, he uh, he criticizes Marvelous for second guessing himself, and literally says that Marvelous seems like a massive downgrade from other Sentai Reds. Um, 
He beats up both Joe and Marvelous and takes their Mobirates before driving off. And uh, when Marvelous asks him who he is, um, and the one big thing to note is that even though the main five Gokaijers can see him, Guy can't for some reason. Um, but anyway, Marvelous asks that at the end, end of the episode, in case you're all wondering. Yeah. Um, Marvelous asks him who he is, and he calls him, and he reveals that his name is Guy Yuki. Now, uh, now we're going to keep referring to him as uh, Yuki for the rest of this episode because we don't want to confuse him with Guy. So, um, anyway, uh, Marvelous attempts to confront Yuki, um, demanding that he give him his Mobirates back. Um, and, and the thing is, is that uh, Guy reveals that um, Yuki was also a Jetman in the past. Um, uh, when he was talking about, because he only mentioned four Jetman and there were five of them. So Marvelous realizes that Yuki is a former Jetman. He confronts him and demands that he give him his Mobirates back. But Yuki says that he's afraid and he's, and you know, he can't fight if he's afraid and he has to confront his weakness if he's going to be able to obtain the Jetman's grand power. So Marvelous chases him. As he does, Yuki's body just vanishes into thin air, and he, Marvelous, finds himself at a grave that has been dedicated to Yuki. As it turns out that um, Yuki actually died. And, and this actually confirms a really highly debated topic regarding the ending of Jetman, and I don't want to go into detail because... I'm the only one that's seen Jetman as of the recording of this video, so I don't want to spoil it for my two friends here. Um, but let me just say that there was like there's something within the Jetman ending that was highly debated for many years, and this is actually an episode that confirmed um, a certain side. But uh, anyway, but long story short, um, guy the guy Yuki who was formerly Black Condor from Jetman. He is dead, um, and the other Jetman frequently visit his grave. They they constantly leave stuff at his grave because the Jetman really cared about each other. Like they had this really deep bond, and the Gokaijers discover that Yuki wants to prevent the other Jetman from getting involved because he doesn't want them to be to um you know get back to fighting you know because they're starting to kind of get over the fact that he's dead and they're starting to move on with their lives and he wants it to stay that way so yuki confronts the zanyak himself and he's even able to use his cross changer to transform into black condor and since he's dead he doesn't need his ranger key so the gokaijers go and watch and marvelous realizes that uh marvelous seeing that guy at Sorry, Yuki is determined to continue to fight even when he's dead, regains his fighting spirit, and Yuki gives Marvelous and Joe their Mobirates back and pretty much gives the Gokaijers appro his approval, which gives them the Jetman Grand Power. The Gokaijers, uh, go of course, Gokai change into Jetman, they use their Grand Power, um, and their Grand Power was something that was seen in Jetman before. Um, 
It's not something that they use with Gokaio. What they do is that when they're all Jetman, they're able to fly, and they all combine together to form a giant bird made out of fire. To a uh, yeah, a phoenix to strike enemies. And this was an attack that we saw at the very end of Jetman during their final battle against uh, their villains, which is called uh, which were called the Virum. So they defeat Kiido. And uh, as the episode ends, um, the Gokaijers take Yuki to a bench. And that bench is an important bench, by the way. Um, I don't want to give spoilers for my two friends here, but... Um, uh, well, okay. The, the bench is... What happens to them, so... Yeah. Um, that bench is an important bench, but... Uh, they bring, they bring him there. He admires seeing the sky and reminds Marvelous that, you know, he has to protect it now. And then he bids farewell and he goes back to the afterlife. Uh, Guy is all upset because he couldn't see uh, him. But uh, he thinks that it might be because he's the only one that's from Earth. So therefore he, he can't see Yuki, which is a weird explanation, but it actually does kind of make sense. And uh, the episode ends with uh, Yuki returning to the bar to play poker with the woman. It turns out that the woman is actually God, and a pretty attractive God, if I'll give, if I'll say so myself. Um, and he <clears throat> and he uh, plays um, her a song on his saxophone as the episode ends. So. Um, I'm going to say this, um, I gotta, you know, I've always been, uh, I've always been, uh, you know, like, I had actually been watching Jetman before, uh, while I was watching Gokaiger as it aired, and I actually finished watching Jetman a couple of months before this episode aired, and I remember being really hyped up for this episode, because... You know, I saw that because, you know, not only is Jetman my favorite Sentai, but Guy Yuki, Black Condor, he's my favorite Sentai Ranger ever. Um, like, like, better than anybody else. Like, I just think that he is a highly complex character. I've never seen a character undergo more development as a person. Like, he, like... He's not, and that isn't to say that, you know, he's, like, an amazing person or anything. Like, he definitely, he's a very morally gray person, but ultimate, but, and he especially starts off as a jerk at the beginning of the series, believe me. But just the changes that he undergoes, like, I've met, and I really wish pa our friend Patrick was here in this review, because I honestly think that he could back me up with this, because he's seen Jetman, too, and... You know, when I saw that he was going to be the Sentai Ranger to come back, I was really excited. And I could just, and, you know, I remember, you know, being really hyped to see this episode. And when it came on, like, it satisfied all my, you know, everything I was hoping for. Like, it really does continue Guy's um, story with the Jetman because, um, you know, I don't want to spoil too much. It's just, um, it's just the way that it shows the relation, how his relationship with his fellow Jetman has evolved. 
like even after all these years, because this is like almost twenty years after Jetman came. Um, was it twenty? Yeah, I think. Um, um, after he's been a Jetman, just this whole thing with like you know him going out of his way to make sure that the Gokaijers don't give him, get involved with the Jetman. I think that was good. So I love this episode more for the guy you. For the for the guy Yuki prospect of it, um, you know, you know, with marvelous, it's fine. You know, I I do like the whole story of you know Marv. Like, it's a pretty standard run of the mill thing with with it. You know, Mar one of the Gokaijers is dealing with some uncertainty, and a Sentai Ranger helps them out. Um, I think it was pretty good with marvelous. Um, pretty well handled. Um, I love the design of Kiido. Like I said, he looks like a Mandalorian, and that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah, the only thing I can really complain about this episode is that um, they don't play the Jetman theme during the battle. Um, although, funnily enough, uh, there's one point where uh, when they're looking for the Jetman, you can hear a guy, uh, Gokai Silver guy, um, singing the Jetman theme song, because you can literally hear him singing like, Jet the jet the jet the man. So, um, yeah, that's my only complaint. This is um, probably my second favorite tribute episode. Maybe my third, because I love the Shinkinger and Hurricanger episodes, but this episode really hit close to me since Jetman is my favorite Sentai. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, this is a very deep episode for me, and I absolutely love it. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, let me go first. Uh, for me, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Um, there were like a few instances where I'm like, okay, well that actually makes sense, or like I'm just like, oh well, that's pretty cool they did that. Um, I especially like that the Guy Hunter was not actually a part of Zonyak per se. He was kind of his own person. He just happened to like be hired on by the Zonyak to be like, hey. You guys want me to catch these guys and kill them for you? I got you. And what I like most about it is that they were comp he was confrontational with Zangek as well because he was like, "I'm just here for I'm just here for the bag. I'm not really here for here to you know work for y'all, work for y'all. So I do what I want. Okay, so mind your business." <laughs> mhm. Mm and uh, oh, and my theory about why guy our guy could not see yuki was maybe because only beings that aren't from earth can see him but earth or like earthlings like normal people cannot see him like at all even someone like like guy who was like you know gokai silver who literally had his powers given him by three dead rangers could not see him. You know it's it's got to be something otherworldly. That's that's the reason why he can't see them. Yeah. That's a pretty good take. Uh what did you uh, did you have anything else Anthony? I'm sorry. Um other than that, no. I had no issue with the episode and I also like the fact that how badass this dude is. He just basically stabbed himself in the chest and was like, I mean, my my weak spot is right here. I mean, if you if you if you have the guts to take it, take me down and hit me in my weak spot, try it. 
I'm I'm waiting for the challenge. That to me basically means that you will not be messed with and you go by what you mean. Like, that, that's the type of like like either you're a villain or a hero, whoever. You doing that signifies that you are not to mess with or be ta- or do not be taken lightly. But that's my thoughts. Yeah. What did you think, Riz? I enjoyed Jetman as the tribute episode. I it doesn't rate super high in my top tribute episodes, uh, mainly because I have never seen Jetman. And there's a lot of oddities I'm really curious about. Uh, Mainly, the real reason Guy couldn't see him. I I don't understand why he wouldn't see him. I don't really buy into the he's from Earth, they're not from Earth thing is the reason why. Um, um, There has to be something more to it than that that we just don't know about. Um, Besides that, really good tribute. I liked that they threw in the ghost thing for uh, Yuki. That was pretty well done. And yeah, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I guess the only other thing uh, regarding this episode is that uh, does this episode make you feel like you want to see Jetman? I mean, yeah, I'm making plans to watch it um, at some point soon. Yeah, I think I'm watching it too. You never watched it, Anthony? I haven't watched it yet. Okay. okay. Like, I guess I, I've watched, like, bits and pieces of clips of stuff of it, but I've never watched it from start to finish. Like, I never binged the entire, like, show. Right. The only other thing I'll say is that seeing Guy transform into a jet uh, black condor one last time uh, with, with this cross-changer, I mean, I would have loved to see him uh, do the actual thing where he's like, cross-changer, but... Just just pressing it. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, and, and, and we'll be doing Jetman pretty soon after we review two other Sentais. So I hope you guys will look for I hope you guys will enjoy seeing it then. Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to move on to uh, the next episode. Uh, this episode is called the Abar Quick Changing New Combination. Um, this is at this is actually an Abar Ranger tribute episode, um, and uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Anthony to t- to talk about. So take it away, Anthony. Alrighty, I actually like this episode. This is a really good episode. I love. I want to definitely um, dive into this one the most. Okay, so um, in this episode, uh, I believe. Guy was actually kind of curious about um I'm in this episode because she because he was like oh like um is is I'm like you know this princess or whoever she had you had to go you know rescue her and save her why is she part of this crew you know she seems nice and sweet and kind why would you have her on your team and it's like and Joe just like dude you have absolutely no idea who who I'm is. Or what she's been through, so don't don't even try. <laughs> and he and he's just confused. He's like, okay. And um, I know that Bari Barzork uh sends a uh, new action commander to basically go around and steal people's happiness. It's pretty diabolical, but in 
Saturday cartoon evilly, but it works. You know, um, a, a wedding was going on while the Gokajas were there, and of course the the action commander, uh, his name is Dial. Uh, he used his staff, which also he also earlier used as as a as like a, a broom earlier, was able to take away the happiness from the bride that was getting married that day. Um, it was in the form of like hearts, so it just basically sucked, it sucked all the hearts out of uh, I guess her body, and she just I guess collapsed. Don't know exactly what it does to the person. I'm assuming it just makes them either miserable or un- unconscious, and then they wake up and they're miserable. We aren't sure how that works. Um, we know that um, the action commander dial. Can actually grow on his grow on his own because the dial on his on his uh, stomach, he can turn it and he can go from like giant he can go to giant size instantly, and so the Gokaijers uh instantly use their mechs to um, combat Dial and um, they're having they're they're doing pretty good at first but then all of a sudden um, Dial shrinks and he's like the size of a, a basically a bug almost he flies around. He gets into a uh, guy's um, mech and start, and like knocks him out for a quick bit, and then he attacks. Um, Dial attacks the Gokaijers in um, guy's uh, mech in Gozujin, and um, guy eventually does wake up and he's able to like to you know fight him off a bit before. Um, the see this is the this is the, this is a really fun part right here. Um, when Dial eventually like leaves his um, guy's cockpit, he goes to the Gokaijers, <laughs> and the Gokaijers instantly shoot him with their guns, and he they're just like, oh, we're just gonna shoot you. We don't even care. Like, <laughs> and it's like, dude, like this is this is y'all ship, and so they're chasing them around the entire time, and um, I remember he made a hole in the uh. Gokai Galleon, Gokai, well, Gokai O, I mean, Gokai Galleon is a ship, but Gokai O is a form, this is a mech form. And so he puts a hole in the uh, Gokai O before escaping, and um, I know that Dawn needs to make repairs to, to the uh, to both the ship and the mech, well, since they're both the same thing. Um, so he enlists the help of Joe, Luca, and Marvelous. But Guy and I'm are just sit, just you know, stay on, on standby basically. Because they're the only, they're the only two that actually that, that aren't actually doing anything, you know, revolve around around the repairs. So um, later on, we actually do actually no during the fight we actually do see um, the former Abara Ranger um, Abara Blue uh, Yukito uh, Sanjo. And uh, his wife, who was also like one of the um, allies slash wife of him, uh, Emery, and they were just looking and like they were like wondering like um, why aren't they using their like uh, the Abaran? Uh, why aren't they using why aren't they using the um, their their um, ultimate power ultimate power correctly? Or like why are they, why aren't they using it like the way it's supposed to be used? Um, yeah, to give some. Uh, sorry to cut in, Anthony. I'm sorry. Um, hey, no, you good. No, you good. You good. Just to um, clarify, the Abba Ranger Grand Power is 
guys. It allows him to transform his mech into Gojujin, but they're hinting that there's more to it. And one other mm -hmm. thing I want to say, I've seen Abba Ranger all the way through, and I know Anthony has to. I think I both I maybe you disagree with me, Anthony, but can you see, did you ever think that those two would get married? Because I don't th you I don't think they had I honestly did not expect that at all. It's I did not see. Like, I, know. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. I was like, "Bro, like them two getting married? It's not bad. It just doesn't make sense in the long line." Like even when I watched the ending, I'm just like, "They got married? What?" Yeah. <laughs> I love Abba Ranger, but honestly, aside from Asuka, that's Abba Black, um, uh, and his wife. I don't really remember that many uh, romantic storylines. No, it was just those two. I remember, like, a girl, like a, like a little boy had a crush on uh, Ron Roo, but that was it. Like, I was like, okay. Yeah, and then maybe that, like, little one-night stand that Avar Killer had with the uh, adult version of that little girl villain. I can't remember what her name was, but, yeah. I that... believe it was... Starts with... It was, I don't remember it was something, because I know I just talked about it on Twitter. Well, it's okay, we'll get to that later, but, um, yeah. point is, this is a really out-of-nowhere romance where, I mean, I love Abba Ranger, but this romance makes absolutely no sense. But it's funny. It's funny. Doesn't yeah. Make sense, but it's funny. So I'll give it a pass. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Anthony, go ahead. No, you're fine. I think we look cute together now, because, like, she looks more mature than... From what she looked like during the show is way oh, different yeah. now. She looks way better now. Absolutely, I yeah. I just think she looks better now. My personal opinion. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. So I'm ask um guy for uh help, but what she does is that she tells him like, oh. Let's get married. And he's just like, huh? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? So, yeah, so they get, they, um, I'm asked, guy, like, we should get, like, they, I think we should get married. And he just kind of, like, looking like, what? <laughs> and, um, so what ends, ends up happening is that, uh, they have this big wedding. It's, uh, I'm and guy, and, you know, they're about to, basically get married or whatever. Um, guy calls Luca, and he's just like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And she's just like, you know, just just treat her well and just be, just be, you know, just give her kindness and happiness and don't hurt her, you know, because I don't know, because that's my, that's my sister. And I will definitely uh, kick your ass if you <laughs> hurt her, okay? So don't yeah, do anything. I will kill you. Yeah, I'll kill you. <laughs> and so, um, Dial, the action commander, he sneaks in. He's just like, "Oh, people are getting happy. Let's let like let me go ahead and steal that happiness from them real quick." <laughs> and um, what ends up happening is that um, while Guy is actually holding um, Ayn, Ayn turns around with him and uh, she shoots her uh, Gokai uh, go um, gun at uh, Dial, just tricking him into thinking that oh, like, you know we're it was all trapped trap to get him to uh, uh, appear and whatnot. What actually is funny about this, about this part, particular part, 
is that they do the cutaway gag where they do the cutaway thing where like at the end of every episode of uh, Abba Ranger, you cannot skip Abba Ranger completely. You have to watch the entire episode, especially the at the end credits end. Because if you don't, you're gonna miss important details about something about an episode at the end or just some kind of funny gag at the end. So Yeah, Abba Ranger had uh post credit scenes before Marvel did. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, we are not even joking. Like, cause sometimes, like, I had to go back and like watch one or two episodes back because I'm like, oh snap, I gotta go back because there's more stuff at the end. So, yeah, that was part of this is that like they would have like a fourth wall breaking thing where like the episode will end where there'll be like this awkward moment and then like two characters are like, uh oh, Abar Blues in a situation. What is he gonna do? Find out after this. And in this case, and in this case, um, in Gokadra's like, uh oh, Guy and it looks like Guy and I am are gonna get married. What's gonna happen? Find out after these messages. Yeah, pretty much. And like, and what's funny is that um, Yukito, uh, the former Abari Blue from Power Ranger, and his wife were actually the ones that were doing the uh, the gag this time. Like, they were the ones doing like the uh, asking the question of. What's gonna happen next time? Oh yeah, let let's find out that the, at these at these credits. And what was funny though was that like they literally when I was the version I was I was watching, literally had had like a commercial playing afterwards. So I was like, oh well, they actually had a commercial for this. It was just it was just kind of funny that it happened like that. Um, so while that's was going on, um. Guy ends up getting injured by Dial because Dial ended up firing at Guy while he was about to transform. And so I'm by herself goes out and tries to like hunt, you know, hunt the Dial down. And, and hijinks, of course, hijinks um, ensues because she does multiple disguises. She just as a police officer, as a nurse, as a whole bunch of other like crazy characters she kind of reminded me she was it's almost like she was doing a sort of like a light tribute to uh ronru because ronru did the same thing in one episode where she was fighting against the monster but she couldn't transform so she had to use disguises to kind of trick the monster and kind of be funny with them it was kind of funny like, a common thing that a uh, sentai women do in a lot of sentai not just ronru like it's a common right women. right but I feel like particularly in this instance, because it felt like, oh, this this is the Abar Ranch tribute episode. I thought this was like, you know, somewhat a tribute to her, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's appropriate. Oh, yeah, yeah. If it is, I mean, if it's like a trope that, that they do this all the time in Sentai, because I've only seen a majority of it. I haven't seen every Sentai, so I'm like, I'm only going by the Sentai I, I've seen off the top of my head, and mm-hmm. I don't remember most of the women doing that, so... My mistake, and my apologies if I miss, you know. That's fine. And um, I do know that she eventually gets the um, staff away from the monster. She breaks it, and all the happiness um, goes back to the people who, you know, were attacked by, were hurt by this monster. Um, let's see. Though the Gokaijus arrive, um, they also meet um, Abar, the former Barra Blue Yukito, and he introduces himself and his wife. And <laughs> this is kind of funny. They're like, oh, yeah. Um, guy was like, oh, I know you. You're a Barra Blue. And you, lady, 
I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I know that Yugito like comments on uh, I'm saying that wow, you had some really um abari fighting skills right there. Abari, which means rampage in you know Japanese, but like she's basically had, had like the rampaging style of you know fighting becoming this monster, and he was impressed by it. Um, I do know that the go uh, he tells the go hydras that um, Mikoto Nam Nakadai, which was the Abara killer of Abara Rangers, um, failed to mention um, that the Abara Rangers key house can also be used by uh, Gokaido. And so, um, I'm being the kind of the all one out because she can't, she's the six, she's technically the sixth one that can't use the Abara Ranger keys because. Um, they're only meant for five rangers, and so there are six of them, and, and Guy has the uh, Abara Killer as the sixth ranger. So yep. it's like, how can she become part of, the, part of this transformation if she doesn't have a key? So Amir Emery comes in, and she says, oh, you can have this one. This is Abara Pink, which if you've watched, watched uh, Abara Ranger, you know that, <laughs> that Abara Pink is not what you think. So... <laughs> um, so when they take, so when Yukito and his wife takes cover, the go ahead just uh, transform to the Abara Rangers and Abara Pink. Thus, when Abara, <laughs> when I'm changing the Abara Pink, she's giving a she's giving a suit that doesn't like look like a legit Ranger suit. It's just like a costume, and she has like a helmet with like goggles on it. So it's not even like a legit Abara Ranger suit, which is which is in the uh, episode, in the episode of uh, actually no, it was two episodes of Bar Ranger that they, that she got put on the suit in a Bar Ranger. Um, to give some context, um, for the people back home, like if you've never seen this, like, um, the uh, m- most of you probably have watched Power Rangers. There's an episode of SPD where Boom fantasizes about being the Orange Ranger, and. Mm-hmm. It- and he makes his own homemade orange ranger suit to battle. That that's the equivalent of this happening, where he says, "Hey, I got this orange ranger ranger key," and then he gives it to someone, and then they transform, and he ends up in that suit. Yeah. So, hope that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and I also forgot his name isn't really an important detail, but it's something that that's the reason why the monster is going on and stealing people's happiness. Um. The Emperor Walls Gill, in well, the Emperor's son, I should say, um, ends up getting sick. He has like a small, like a cold or whatever, so he's like sneezing like crazy or whatever. But apparently, taking people's happiness from the entire planet cures his sickness easily. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why they decided yeah. to do that, but it was like, okay, like we'll give you an idea of what why the monster's attacking now. It's because of that. And reason. there's a simple explanation for this. You know what? I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, there is there is no explanation for this. No, it doesn't make sense at all. But anyway, <laughs> there's a very simple explanation for all this. So, so the Abar, so the the Gokaisers in their Abar Rangers uh, forms go on a rampage and attack the monster. Um, they defeat it. Of course, they use their you know final wave, and guy uses his. Uh, Gokai finisher, you know, using the Gokai, go, using the gold mode. Um, and then, <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, like, 
Isaurin ends up getting sick too, so she's kind of like about to sneeze too. Before like yeah. she's about to faint when she's about to fire and make make the monster grow. Um, Dial, of course, you know, fights Gokaio and Gozujin, and the Gokaijers um, use the Bar Ranger keys to activate the greater power of the Bar Rangers by switching robot arms. So Gozujin's arms now go to Gokaio's arms, replacing um, Joe and Dawn's arms into, into his own. I mean, honestly, this was not my this was not like my favorite form right here because it's just arm swapping. It it really didn't appeal to me at all. I mean, it's, yeah, I get we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, actually, because I got something to say at the end of that. So just yeah, say, yeah, save that. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, I, know, I definitely know you. know, I definitely know you. You're gonna be. You're gonna. You know, be upset about this. So I get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Of course, they, you know, use Gozu, uh, Gokaio, finishes the dial monster off, and you can tell and his wife are, you know, watching the sidelines, you know, saying, oh, they did a good job rampaging. And it was like, yeah, they sure did, darling. Let's go home. And later, Guy tells the others how um, I managed to put a plan into motion. He took pictures of the entire thing, of her wearing her little disguises. She's embarrassed beyond belief. And the episode ends. <laughs> So what did you think, Anthony? Overall, this was a very good episode. Like I was laughing majority of the episode because it was just so freaking funny. Um, especially love the part where um, freaking marvelous and the code was just like shooting the monster while he was like in their cockpit. He just they just just didn't care. They was like, okay, get out. This is bugs. And um, like I said, the whole thing with the with Walls Gill getting sick and using happiness to make himself better, it just didn't make much sense to me in the context of things. So I was like, okay, it just, I get it, but it doesn't make sense. Again, <laughs> very simple explanation. No! It's far too complex for us to understand. Rangers, there's a very simple explanation for this. Oh no, Rita's attacking, can't talk now, bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to say this, like, um, as far as, um, this episode is good, but it also has some things I would complain about. I like this episode. As far as an I Him character episode, it works. It's really good. I don't know if I would say that it works as a tribute episode, though, because I don't think Yukito and Emery do nearly as much as they could have in this episode. Like, if, like, that, like, the tribute episode elements feel very rushed in this episode. I mean, Yukito only shows up to, like, tell them about it at the very last minute. And, mm -hmm. and before that, if you don't count the whole, like, uh-oh, how was Guy going to get out of this situation moment, he only had one scene in the entire episode before that. You could probably count the number of lines that these guys have in this episode on one hand. Uh, you know... I, I think that this episode would have been better. If I look at this as just an episode revolving around I, him, and like how she's a capable fighter, and just looking at it from a character episode, the episode is fine. It's perfect. And I can, and, but as a tribute episode, it's not nearly as good. I think that you could have done, and, may, and maybe this episode just has no idea what it wants to be. Maybe it 
Maybe it wants to be both an I Him episode and a Ava Ranger tribute episode, but and just got into this huge identity crisis. But yeah, that those are my thoughts. I love the episode. I like I Am. Great character. I like what they did with her here, but you didn't have to shoehorn in all these Abba Ranger tribute moments. And, and I guess I get it. They decided to do that because they wanted this episode to be the introduction to Goju Gokaio. And I'll, I'll talk about my thoughts on that later after I let Riz give his thoughts on this. But yeah, this episode was good. Just didn't need the Abba Ranger elements to it. I'm going to start off by playing Devil's Advocate with you, Nate on the reason why they might not have been as involved in the episode as they could have been for the veteran Sentai team. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when you're looking at your production, um, you know, you might have sketched out this whole episode, write it out months in advance, and then as you get closer, schedule conflicts may arise and you can't consolidate that to like have a new plan. So the new plan has to be, well, we have a little bit of footage of them, but not enough to cover a whole episode. So let's split it between the Ava Ranger and Aham tribute episode. And if you think about it from that perspective, I'm not mad about it because, and I know you're not mad at it per se, but like also you weren't as pleased with it. But if you're looking at it from, from a production value where maybe they weren't available as much as they thought they would be, or maybe they were not getting a good deal on, you know, compensation for being there or, or anything. I mean, there's a lot of factors that are going to play from a production standpoint that can explain the short time that um, these two are on st uh, stage. And they're not related to just the story writers being uncreative. It's more to do with technical production value stuff. Yeah. That makes sense, and I know they can't control that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the same thing happened with a lot of our Megaforce and Beast Morpher, not Beast Morpher, uh, Ninja Steel crossovers and all that. Like, they had a list of what they wanted to do and who they wanted to bring back, but then they had to look at the logistics of, well, Ranger X couldn't make it out because of so-and-so reason, so they had to be something different. Mm -hmm. Um, As a tribute episode... I thought it was pretty well done as a person who's never seen Ava Ranger because we do get a glimpse at who the Rangers are. It's enough to entice you to say, oh, okay, these guys are cool. It's hilarious with the, um, I don't know her name, the the false pink uh, Ava Ranger. Emery. Emery, yeah. Um, she's hilarious, and I think she made the yeah. episode much better by even being there for a little bit of time that she was there. Um, oh, she was funny, definitely. Yes, I enjoyed it from a comedic standpoint. And, um, you know, so I've seen the tribute episode and I've seen the Lost in Translation episode on Dino Thunder back in the day. So I, I kind of have a little idea of how Operator is. But as somebody who's never seen it, and these are the only things I have seen, is the Dino Thunder episode and this. My impression might be incorrect, but my impression of it was that Operator is more of a comedy rather than something serious or something more Sentai-like instead of a parody. 
Abba Ranger is weird. It has um, there's a lot of moments where it goes dark, um, but it does. But it does have a lot of episodes where it's very lighthearted. It's kind of a mix between the two of them, if that makes sense. It, like for the beginning of it, it's mostly comedic. It's like kind of comedic, but it has like some dark elements into it, like slowly yeah. into it. But like most of it is like happy-go-lucky at times. But like it just depends on what which set of episodes you watch, because like you have like maybe. Five six episodes that are all serious, and the next few episodes are more comedic. So it depends on it depends on how you watch it. And they balance this out perfectly. That's why it's probably the best dinosaur Sentai. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. You on that definitely. I haven't even seen Ryu Soldier, and I don't care. Abba Ranger's better than it. I really don't care. Yeah, it's, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like Ryu Soldier's boring, in my personal opinion. The only other thing I'm gonna did do you have anything else you want to say, Riz? I'm sorry. Um, no, because you're gonna cover the Zord thing, so that's cool. Okay. Uh, go, you go, Kyo. It sucks. It, it it sucks. Okay, yeah. you know I like this is supposed to be the the. Like, this is the combination that we always look forward to, where the sixth Rangers mech combines with the main mech, and. It sucks. All you do is just take off Gokaio's arms. You take off both Megazord's arms, and then you give the main Megazord the Sixth Ranger's mech's arms. And the what, like, okay, at least with like Gokaio's arms, you can make the case. Okay, those other machines are stored in the Gokai Galleons. In the Gokai Galleon, so I guess they just kind of like vanish and they go back inside the Galleon. Where does Gojujin's body go? Like, is it just standing there? Just helplessly. It's it's floating in the sky, and you don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's back to the future. <laughs> I mean, for, I mean that's I mean that's just silly, and it's not just this, but like as someone who collects mech toys, I can't stand combination mechs where you have where a parts where like a certain Zords or certain parts are you know, just discarded and not used. Because, like, I own Gokaio right now, and maybe one day I'll own Gojujin. Let's say that I want to make Goju Gokaio and display that on the shelf. Well, then what am I supposed to do with Gojujin's body? You know, that makes no sense. I mean, it's absolutely lazy. Like, can't you be a little bit more creative? Like, I don't know, you could, you know, have Gojujin split up into components, and then, like, you know, have it, like, become armor for Gokaio, or you know what, it, even if you can't come up with something, at the very least, you could detach Gokaio's arms and legs and just have all those Gokai machines go into the Galleon and then just simply have Gojujin split up into the components and then it all becomes, like, armor for the Gokai Galleon. I'm okay with just doing that, but just to take Gojujin's body and just throw it out into space, and have the arms just come. It's lazy. And it's stupid. And I don't like it. And funny and funnily enough, this is what... We're only going to... Spoiler alert, but I really don't care. We're only going to see Goju Gokaio one more time for the rest of the show. So even the producers didn't care about this combination. And that says something, because normally whenever... 
this type of combination mech is introduced, it becomes like the default go-to mech that the Rangers use. Because, like, in Shinkinger, when they introduced um, the idea of, like, uh, the Gold Rangers mech and the main one, Shinkino, combining, um, it was called Dakai Shinkino. I'm pretty sure it was called the Claw Armor Megazord in Power Ranger Samurai. Once they introduced that, that was, like, the default go-to Megazord that they did. Doesn't happen here. So, that, you know it's bad when even the producers and writers didn't have them regularly use this combination on the show. So, I just hate it. Just, and, it all go, and it's all downhill for the mechs as far as it's concerned here, guys. I mean, I love... I mean, it's really sad when my Gokaiger's best mechs are like its auxiliary formations, like with Maji Dragon and Furai Maru. And we'll be talking about another combination soon. Question. What are your thoughts on the mech combination of Dragon Caesar and the original Megazord? Well, because you don't use the entire Dragon Zord in that combination either. It kind of goes missing for parts of it, you know? I know. For that, though, with the toy, with the toy, though, it allowed you to. now it's kind of difficult with the legacy toys like I have, but the toy, to my knowledge, did a did have like parts where you could attach the tail and the chest plate. But you know, but and again, you know that like, but but the thing is, is that that was older Sentai, so I can kind of forgive it because, especially at that time, because you know that that was a point when you know combination mechs were actually more of a newer thing, like. Funnily enough, we'll, we'll actually get to, we're actually going to talk about uh, when Combination Mech started kind of indirectly in, our ne- in the next episode. But, um, you know, I'm okay with, like, the older mechs and, like, you know, not using all the parts. But this was 2011 when Combination Mechs are, like, part and parcel of Sentai at this point. That's just not acceptable now, if you know what I mean. That's true. Rizwan? Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that through to see, like, you know, what I thought about what you're saying. But, no, I, I, I agree that, you know, back then, it's like a newer concept. Because I think it started, like, a couple of seasons before this. Uh, zero and zero. Like, maybe one or two before. Yeah. So, no, it was definitely really new at the time. So, it makes sense. I get it. Did you want to add anything else, or? No, I think I said my piece. Yeah, I did too. Okay. Alonzi. Sorry about that. I just the Goju Gokaio just really frustrates me, so I just had to get that out. Um. But thankfully, you guys seem to agree with me, so I think you can understand. Um, and that is the, is is the end of Nate's rants. <laughs> yeah. For now. So the next now, episode, uh, we're yeah. going to be covering an, another I'm going to be covering this one. Um, episode 30, it's called Just a Lone Friend's Soul. Uh, this episode is a tribute episode to Choju Sentai Life Man. Uh, Life Man is yet another Sentai that was not adapted into Power Rangers. Um, in fact, Life Man is actually a Showa-era Sentai. 
Um, so we're going way back this time, guys. Um, and, and I'm the only one who's seen Live Man here, so um, so I'm going to comment on it. I'm going to give a basic overview of it. So um, plus, it's also a Joe episode, so uh, my two concepts kind of double dip here. Um, so um, the as the episode begins, uh, the Gokaijers, uh, it's a pretty normal tribute episode when it begins. Navi gives them a new clue, uh, warning the Gokaijers about a lion on a skateboard, uh, which Guy discovers is about Live Man, since um, Live Man's Yellow Ranger was called Yellow Lion, and, he, and one of his uh, traits as a character was that he loved to ride on his skateboard. So the Gokaijers go searching for um, people on skateboards to see if they're part of Life Man, which of course doesn't work. Um, Joe and I am encounter um, while they're out searching. They encounter a guy whose name is also Joe. Um, it's spelled differently though, uh, and his last name is O'Hara. So we're just going to call him O'Hara. Um, they. they Encounter him while we are talking to the guy. They run into this boxing. Joe and I him fight off the monster before they can get the boxer. Uh, during which the monster drops this disc that they discover holds the blueprints for. The robotic model of Barizorg and uh, Joe thinking that this could be an opportunity to turn his friend back into human asks Ohara to analyze the disc to see if he can restore him and he agrees to do so and the other Gokaijers try to track down the um try to track down Zion because it's discovered that he's trying to kidnap people with all these great combat skills and everything, because that's what he does. Like, he takes people with, uh, like, in Sid's case, he was a really good swordsman, so he took Sid and turned him into Barizorg, and now Barizorg is a really good um, fighter, so that he's trying to do the same with people who are, like, skilled in martial arts or, you know, boxing or other forms of combat. Now, um... Now, after analyzing the disc, O'Hara discovers that there's no way to turn, uh, to turn Barizorg back, and uh, Joe falls into depression, like he becomes really depressed. Um, and then O'Hara, after he hears, <clears throat> after he sees how depressed Joe is, um, he tells Joe that he should continue to fight. Um, he tells Joe this story of how um, some of his friends... Uh, and by the way, O'Hara is a scientist, um, and he graduated from a school called uh, Academia, which is the place where he works as a scientist. And he reveals that uh, three of his friends um, gave up their humanity to become evil, um, and they were trying to take over Earth. And ultimately, at the end, he was unable to change any of them back. Now, that's a little misleading, and I'll go into some details why without giving away spoilers. But, uh, but um, he ultimately tells Joe that um, even if he can't change Sid back, he should at least try to save Sid's soul. And Joe 
gets this new motivation and he decides to leave and he decides to leave. But um, before he does, he discovers that O'Hara is actually the former Yellow Lion from Live Man. So um, uh, he arrives to help the Gokaijers. The Gokaijers fight off Zion using Live Man before Joe takes him out personally with Sid's personal attack in a really badass scene, I'm going to add. Um, when Zion grows, the Gokaijers use Live Man's Grand Power. Um, Live Man's Grand Power allows Gokaio to transform into Super Live Robo. Um, now, Super Live Robo what, is a really big, significant mech because um, there were... Uh, so, Live Man had two... Um, Live Man had started off with three rangers, red, blue, and yellow, and then there were green and black rangers that joined later. Both those individual teams had their mechs, like red, blue, and green. Like red, blue, and yellow had their mech, Live Robo. And then black and green had their one, Live Boxer. This was, in a, and this kind of confirms what Riz, Riz and I were talking about last episode, this was the first mech to be made. Like, Super Live Robo is Live Robo and Live Boxer combined together. So that was the first mech to ever be made where two giant robots would combine with each other. So that's the significance. Um, they defeat Zion, and then the episode ends um, with Joe promising that he, while he might not be able to change Sid back, he at least he'll at least be able to save his soul, and the episode ends. Um, so I'm going to say uh, this episode was about as um, a perfect tribute to Live Man as you possibly could get. Um, Live Man is an amazing Sentai. Um, you know, people call it the best season. Like it's literally the peak of the Showa era because this was the last Sentai of the Showa era, and it really ended on a, on a high note. It's, uh, it's about as amazing as everybody says that it is. I would honestly put it on my must-see Sentai list. Um, but as far as uh, you know, this does for attributing to um, Life Man, I think it's perfect. because, And I think J Joe's whole story arc with Sid was a perfect way to uh, be a tribute to Life Man because... The whole story of Live Man is that the main three villains are, and I, I apologize for spoilers. I'm going to try to keep the spoilers to a minimum. But uh, the main the main three villains of Live Man are friends of the three Live Man, so they have to like fight their friends, and and it's a similar case that Joe is in, where his best friend is now his enemy. So I thought it was perfect. Now, like I said, O'Hara's explanation of how he was unable to turn their friends back is a little misleading because, um, given what happens with the guy that happened, given what happened to the guy that was actually his friend, not going to go into much detail. But just uh, you, you'll know if you've seen Live Man. Um, I Overall, I think it was pretty good. It was a standard, pretty standard tribute episode, but uh, I still love it. And uh, now I did watch this episode originally when I hadn't seen Life Man, but watching it again after seeing it, it's really awesome. 
and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, what did you guys think of it? Uh, I actually liked the episode. As for someone who actually never watched Live Man, it actually was really good. Um, like, kind of get a, I get like a glimpse of what this character has been through, as far as like, you know, him dealing with the fact that he had to literally fight his friends or like, you know, or whatever happened with with the uh, Live Man, and it just goes to show you that you know, like, there will be times where you have to. Do with hard, stupid, hard, and fact situations where like you can't just up and fix something, fix fix a friend or fix like, um, you know whoever you whoever you're friends with, you know with the snap of a snap of a finger. Sometimes you may have to fight your friend and then ultimately have to either kill them or like incapacitate them so they won't have to hurt nobody else. It's just one of those facts that just you just have to deal with that. Rizwan? So, given I don't really know too much about this Sentai, it's harder for me to have a real good opinion on it because, at least with like Opera Ranger or anything that came before, they were based on PR. So, at least I kind of had an idea of like, okay, so I know Donathan dressed five people. I know what the mechs look like. I kind of know how their powers work, etc. Here it's I don't know much about live men at all, except for the fact that they're live men. So, um, yeah, it's hard for me to comment on the goodness of the tribute episode, um, but it was interesting. I wouldn't mind watching it one day, especially if you're going to call it, like, one of the most you-must-watch-this ones. I would definitely, you know, add it for that reason alone. Um, yeah, we'll probably review it here on Toku Secrets soon. Yeah, but for my historical perspective, I think this is a good one to watch. Simply because it's the first time we see robots combining together to make a bigger robot. And that's a concept that has gone on all throughout the franchise ever since then. Mm-hmm. So whoever made the gamble on this idea back then was a genius. Thank you, Kiro Soda. But um, that's all my comments. Were you going to say something, Anthony? No. My comments have all been said already. All right, cool. Uh, We're going to move on to episode uh, 31, Crash Secret Operations. This is a two-part episode uh, dedicated to O-Ranger, which was adapted into Power Rangers Zeo. And uh, Rizwan, you haven't been able to cover an episode yet, so uh, take this one away. All right, so we're going to be talking about the O-Ranger tribute episode today. Well, so the episode begins with Bosco, and he is soon using the key clone for the Wolzard Fire Ranger. And for the Zeriel back home that don't know what that ranger is, that is the um, Crimson Wolf Ranger in Mystic Force. I think that's the name of it in Mystic Force. Wolf Warrior. Wolf Warrior, okay. Um... And he is using the key clone to attack the Earth Defense Force headquarters, which is the military organization behind Sane's Man, which I know nothing about because I've never seen Sane's Man. Um, it's just a standard military force. That yeah, that's what I figured. And happen to work for nothing yeah. that unique. 
Right. So, I mean, I figured out the case for it. It wasn't seem anything beyond that. And um, the key clone does attack a former Sandsman. We don't see the face, but it's definitely a male, implying that we're looking at either Red Dragon, Black Griffin, or Blue uh, Pegasus. And Bosco does succeed in stealing the Sandsman's grand power from this unidentified Sandsman. So... That's bad. Bosco's gaining some steam here. He's getting under grand power. Um, meanwhile, um, the UAOH, which is the military organization of O-Ranger. Wow, these guys all have military things back in the day. That's cool. Um, O-Ranger, as you may or may not know, is the Power Ranger Zeo adaptation in America. So... In this, um, at a at a high level, O Ranger is more about like there's a government organization that tasks the O Rangers with protecting the world, and the military officials in U UAOH has seen that the uh, Earth Defense Force headquarters has been attacked, and another Super Sentai power has been taken and destroyed. So they decided to take matters into their hands and say, well, we're not going to wish for the pirates anymore. We're going to do something ourselves. And they form a plan to take out Bosco. Sifting over to the Gokai Galleon, our great friends have begun another treasure hunt where Navi is just yelling incoherently, at least from, at least from the perspective of us as the audience and then the Gokai Rangers who don't really know their history and the legacy they come from, they just hear Navi yelling, ah, ah. So they're thinking, well, I guess we should go to places where people would scream because that's what Navi's doing right now. I don't understand Navi one bit. Um, yeah, we're going to come back to what Navi's actually saying later on, or if you want to figure it out from things we've already talked about, you probably could. Um, but we will talk about this again in a second. So, Nate, you're going to say something? No, I was just saying even Guy couldn't understand what Navi was trying to say. Yeah, that was scary. Guy normally knows right away, man. Guy's like the man. But I guess even the great scholars of our history will have a gap or two here and there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, while doing this, the Gokaisers encounter Momo, who is the former O-Pink, and was also one of the two people who met at the UAOH headquarters to hatch the plan to eliminate Bosco. And Momo tells them, hey, look, I have the Oranger Grand Power, and I would like to give it to y'all. But at the same time, the former O-Red... Goro Hosino, who is the captain now, um, he's also offering Bosco the grand power in exchange for the Zanyak's Zygent Horse flagship blueprint so that they can attack it in the future. And Bosco is very intrigued by this, and they're having the discussions to figure it out. Back to Momo. Momo offered him this grand power to the Gokaisers, but it's not for free. Nothing in life is there for free. Especially when you're a pirate and you're trying to steal it and you have to work to steal it. 
So Momo tells them, hey, you're going to have to do a bunch of favors for me to obtain the Oranger power. And this includes stuff like getting a back massage, getting premier meals, and other just really making the Gokaisers work in menial tasks, which is not something that I think they excel in. But they're doing it with a straight face, and they're not saying a word because they know it's the only way they currently know of to get the Oranger Grand Power, which they need for their amazing treasure hunt. Um, so the captain, uh, O-Red, is confronting Bosco, where at the same time, the Gokaiser started to figure out that Momo's not really being upfront, and sees just trying to distract him for some unknown reason. And the Gokaisers and her discuss and figure out, oh, so O-Ranger's going to be giving a grand power to Bosco, and they're like, well, what the hell are we doing then? How do we stop this? But come to find out, Goro is not actually going to give over the grand power that easily. He had had the plan to rig the warehouse that they're going to meet in with bombs, and try to kill Bosco that way. And then um, Bosco survives the bombs. And instead, Goro tries to clean him up with Sally. But that doesn't work because Bosco summons nine of his caves. Which, guess what? Now he has Signalman, Decamaster, Decaswan, Maji Mother, Wolzart Fire, Zubun, Ryo. Mele, him, and Sinkin' Red. Hi, I'm Sinkin' Red, sorry. Um, interesting tangent I'm going to take for a quick second, because I've been curious about this era since I watched it again. Explain Zubon and Sentai. Zubon is sort of like, okay, so in the Sentai of Bokinger, um, they they are basically treasure hunters, but they're they're actually searching for what is known as precious. Precious are basically like these very dangerous artifacts that like oh have some kind of special power that either they can either destroy the world or it could you know do something that that could create a catastrophe or like just anything. It depends on what it is. Zubon Tenley is one because he's just a, like he's a sword. That you know turns into like you know the form you see before you, and he kind of talks like a, like a Pokemon because he always says his only says name Zubon 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 over and again. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting to me because I saw in a later episode when they do use the Zubon power that they just say Zubon over and over again. I was just kind of like, yeah, are they, are they memeing or just what what it did? Because the American yeah, version didn't do all that. It was a simple night. Okay. Got you. Thank you. So, sorry for that detour, but I just had to know what the heck was up with Zubon. That made no sense to me when I was watching. Um, so, the plan to have Goro destroy Bosco fails. He's not eliminated. Momo realizes this and tries to get the Gokaiser to arrange the power. But in true marvelous fashion, he can't just take the easy word to just do it. And he says, no, I don't want your grand power. I'm going to get it in my way. And it's the only way. The pirate with the life. And you're just handing it over to me. It's not cool. So be ready. I'm going to take it from you. 
Um, so Goro gets cornered. Bosco tries to steal the Airwinds' grand power. Gokaiser's arrived, doing this amazing. Always like, as things are looking really dire and bad, the Gokaiser just start firing their guns and walk over with the epic walk, which I love so much. And they stop Bosco from stealing the grand powers. And Momo helps Goro out with his injury as well to go Kaiser to figure out um, how to fight Bosco. And Bosco has sent out his ranger keys that I mentioned above to fight them. And during the battle, uh, Zubon and Wolzord grow, and Guy fights them off with Goad Zeus and. While the primary five Gokaiser use uh, a ranger to fight off the other ranger clone keys, and it seems that by doing all this, Goro and Momo have granted the Gokaiser the Go Ranger Grand Power, and they don't get to use it right yet. But we'll talk about that later. Um, as the ranger key clones are defeated. Of course, Sally will try to retrieve him, but Guy has already retrieved two, and suits are down, allowing the Gokaisers to retrieve the other nine. So at this point, we have retrieved, I think, 11 more Ranger keys, if I'm, not, if I'm doing the math correctly here. Nate, spot check me here, am I right? It was about nine this time, I think. Yeah, it was nine. Okay. I miscounted by two. Cool. It's nine, nine more Ranger keys. That's a great fluster to go Kaisers because now they have the ability to be one step closer to the great power. The great yep. treasure, sorry. Um, so, I think at this point, Bosco's run out of Ranger Key clones to send because he can't have anything else left, can he? The six rangers <laughs> are gone, the special heroes are gone, and the... Um, What's the other group called? There's three groups that are in the third one also to mind. Uh, the Bankai heroes, I think they're called. Oh, you mean those things that Sally summons? The what? Are we, are we talking about the same thing? Um, the uh, what am I thinking? Uh, the creatures that Sally summons from his stomach. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, I oh, think he's yeah. out of Ranger Kids at this point. He has nothing left. There's no way. He's he's dried until a year or two from now when Go Busters comes out and he's like, oh wait, now I can steal the Go Busters and make them into keys and then use them to fight Marvelous. Oh wait, I'm already dead. Except mm. not. Spoilers, not really. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nope. Um so yeah, he's out of keys, and Bosco tells Marvel that he's been also gathering grand powers, and I think he tells him how which ones he has, but I don't remember which ones they have. Oh, he has the Sainsman, Flashman, and Massman, which are some of the older Sentais from prior um, Zia Ranger. So era Sentais. What? Showa era Sentais. Yeah, so Bosco and Marvelous discuss, and Bosco tells him, keep getting more grand powers so he, uh, Bosco can steal them all at one convenient time and just move on. And he walks away with Sally, and Marvelous uh, screams in a great rage of fury because he's realized that 
while he might have gotten the ranger keys, he's losing ground on the grand power race instead of got a step of their game. And wait a minute. That, you mean a villain actually has a legitimate reason to keep the Rangers alive, even though he could actually kill them? Never thought I'd see that. Right. Hey, it's a real thing. It just it just happens, you know? Yeah. For the first time, it actually makes sense for a villain to keep the Rangers alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was episode 31. We're going to hold off on commentary and final grading until we finish episode 32. Which Mm -hmm. I will also cover. So episode 32 is entitled One Power. And this is going to be a sequel to the episode 31, obviously, because there's stuff unresolved and we've got to figure out how to resolve it. Um, In this case, in this episode, it's going to be more Dawn-centric rather than Oranger-centric. However, um, the Oranger's that we discussed before, Goro and Momo, are still around a little bit. So, as the episode begins, the, um, Goro and Momo help the Gokais out with their injuries, and Goro tells them that if you can combine your powers, you can use the Oranger Grand Power. And not many people really understand that in the moment, but they'll figure it out. Uh, things to note. Guy's arm is broken from when he was fighting, so he can't fight. Uh, Marvelous, Zoe, and Luca are training to try and get better to get ready for next time. We gotta fight Bosco. And Don is working on a new weapon that could potentially help destroy Bosco once and for all. Um, but when Don's not working on the weapon, he's still cooking dinners for the Gokaisers because that's how Don be. So he's gone to the grocery store, and he meets a kid who is training to be on a soccer team. And he's having a really bad time. He's pretty upset because he failed to make the team, but in his mind, he did the best he could, and he's keep, he's going to keep on trying until he gets it. And end scene there, uh, Don gets the idea of, okay, let's take this second cylinder that we have just in the lab, and I'm going to attach it to the Gokai gun to give it more power. For those that don't understand what I mean, the second cylinder is the cylinder that they use in the um, loading their sword or the gun with getting ready for the final strike. So they'll load that... That's the Gokai keys. Yeah, with the Gokai keys. And that way they can do the final strike and, you know, do the enemy in. However, adding a second cylinder and an additional Sentai key should give a little boost to the gun, in theory, right? So, I mean, hey, why not try it? And Don... This episode really made me like Don a lot more than I did before. Um, It just... I think it's because we finally gave him a valid episode. This is the first time he's really given the center of attention where he's not a goofball. He's he's actually trying to contribute. He's making a weapon. He's sewing a skill. He's sewing his worth to the group outside of cooking their meals and outside of being the clumsy guy in the field who falls down holding guns and fires like an idiot. Um... 
you know, because at certain points we have to wonder why is why is Don the uh, Gokai Green? Couldn't he get anyone better? But so instead of like talking around a point, let's get to it. So Don is starting to get nervous about like how he can't get the weapons built, and he's telling them that um, he he needs to build this to you know help the team out. And the Gokaisers are very confident that he can do this, though they do all know that prior to this, Don has never created a weapon. He's only ever fixed the existing Gokai arsenal of weapons. Um, so Don has a really big task against him because now he has to not only learn how to make a weapon, he's got to make one powerful enough to take out Bosco and anyone else that decides to be a threat to them. Um, so Damaris, at the same time, is being a jackass and sends out a new Actum commander named Sealdon. And his arm allows him to provide a seal that can block any Gokai's attack, including Don's powered-up Gokai double-cylinder gun thing, which is a bummer because... Don worked so hard on the weapon and it didn't do the job because this guy has this seal that you just can't get around. Um, Don feels like giving up. He goes back to the soccer field, sees the kid, and he's the kid's telling him, Hey, I tried soccer. I just I suck at soccer. I can't do it. And Don encourages him, saying, No, you must keep going. You can't give up. And he actually helps him practice playing soccer. And, you know, I mean, you guys are probably thinking, why would Don help a kid play soccer when he's literally trying to make a brand new weapon, Mark II, because Mark I failed? And the answer is, Don needed a confidence boost. And Don, seeing this kid improve playing soccer while they're practicing together, gave Don the confidence to go back and say, okay, we got to redo this again and i gotta get it right this time because we have to do it and so the boy tells him like yeah well i'll keep working hard at it and don says yeah i'm gonna work hard on it too so don goes back to the gokaisers and he tells them look for this weapon to be built better i need the cylinders from your personal weapons so not just stuff that's in storage that's like a loose part or a spare part. No, he needs actual arsenal weapons that are used every day, day in, day out. And the risk here is if he takes the cylinders, the Gokais can't use their traditional weapons to fight. They're literally going to lose part of how they do combat. But, and Don's getting really nervous. He's like saying, well, I understand you're not going to What's that? I thought I heard one of y'all say something. Mm, no. You're explaining it good. Okay, cool. Carrying on. Um, the, the risk is... I lost my turn of thought, so I'm going to just restate some of this again. Don's concern is by taking the cylinders from the Gokai's, he's disabling them from using weapons in combat. But Marvelous is just like, dude, we all trust you. We all believe in you. Go kick ass. Make us the weapons we need because we need you to do this. 
and hands him the gun and the sword, and the others hand him their weapons, including Guy's, uh, I don't know what the weapon's name is. Uh, okay, Spear. Thank you. Wow, that was easier than I thought. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Gokai spear. How hard is it? It looks like a spear. Gokai sword. Gokai gun. It, it makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> so while Don is working with the new cylinders to build a better weapon, the Zonyak attack the Gokai galleon, and the Gokaiers must go fight them without their weapons. Luckily... And I'm going to trigger you two, and I'm so sorry, but these guys don't need to hold on to their weapons, because they oh. can turn into Geki Ranger, and they can fight without uh. weapons. Oh my god. Not this. <laughs> <laughs> and this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is why Gokaiser will always do better. Yeah. No comments. Damn you, Megaphore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while they're fighting using the Geki Ranger powers, uh, Don continues working on the weapon with Guy. I don't know why Guy didn't go down. Oh, wait, because that Guy's armor is broken. Right, I'm an idiot. Carrying on. So Guy gives him inspiration saying, you know, this weapon looks a lot like the Air Ranger's old bazooka uh, thing. And Don's like, no, you're crazy. What are you talking about? This stuff's nothing like it. Oh, wait. You're right. It does. What am I smoking? And so Don gets inspired by what uh, Goro and Momo told him earlier in the episode, that when you combine your powers, you can activate our grand power. So Don grabs the five primary O-Ranger keys and inserts them on the bazooka to create the Gokai Galleon Buster. And this thing is basically a bazooka that looks like the Gokai Galleon. And it has five key slots um, for the cylinders. One on the top, and then two on one side, two on the other side. And when you load the keys in, the four keys on each side collectively will pop to the top to line up with the uh, key that goes at the top of the thing. So you have a line of keys going down to a galleon buster weapon. And it can use it to fire. So as things are going, um, guy, uh, guy and, well not Guy, Don comes down with the buster, gives it a Marvelous, and says, go to town on this. And they load it up. And they use it to get through sealed on sealed. Huh, that's why they call it sealed on, because he has a big ass sealed. Got it, carrying on. <laughs> you know, they're not they're not really creative with like these names. They're just like sealed on because he has sealed. Meanwhile, I'm here thinking it's a Pokemon. So Um, so as the episode ends, the Gokaiser celebrate the fact that Dawn has come through, he's created him a new weapon. Marvelous is all like, bruh, you're not going to celebrate yet. You got to go make us all new weapons because, well, we don't have our swords and guns anymore. And that's the problem. I like my gun. You can't leave me without my gun. Get to work on right now. No, right now. No cake. <laughs> um, so the episode ends. Don goes back 
sees the kid, and the kid reveals he's made the team as a backup. And he's really excited about this. And he says, look, I'm going to keep working hard, and next time I'm going to get promoted to a starting position. And Don thanks him for helping him regain the spirit he'd lost through his last confidence. And this is where the episode ends. So, gentlemen, may I get your thoughts, please? Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, I'm not a big fan of O-Ranger. I... Now, to be fair, a lot of the problems I have with it were beyond its control because O-Ranger had a lot of behind-the-scenes tumult that uh, kind of hurt it. But as far as a tribute episode, it's fine. I, uh, Riz, I can hear a little bit of echo on me coming out on your end. Uh, hold up. How's that? Sorry. Um, yeah, okay, that's better. Um, uh, so I'm not a big fan of O-Ranger, but I think as far as the tribute episode is concerned, I think, uh, I think it's fine. Um, I probably like this episode a little bit more uh, just um, <clears throat> just with how Bosco works. Because I remember when I watched this for the first time when, uh, you know, um, when Go Kaja was airing, um, I remember just being, I remember actually like really being a little like, oh my God, when, uh, when Bosco's monster form was revealed. Um, that's an that's an awesome moment. Um, like it really feels like you know, because I'm now kind of intrigued to see how the Gokaijers will defeat Bosco because he seems like a really powerful villain. Since I mean, he broke guy's arm without even trying. So um, that part I liked. I think the battle with the Ranger Key clones was good. Uh, the Gokaijers definitely had to earn those Ranger Keys. Um, yeah, um, the Gokai Gallium Buster um, second part, it's fine. I think it's a good Dawn episode. I'm glad that he could... Pardon me. Uh, I'm glad that he was able to, uh, you know, create a weapon. Uh, it, it's all pretty standard. I mean, I'm... Uh, these, these were some pretty solid episodes. I don't want to say that they were amazing, but they were pretty good from what, from what I've seen. Anthony? Yeah, um, I definitely enjoyed this up, these two, uh, this two-parter, um, especially, like, the fact that, um, Goro, which was, uh, O'Reilly is still, like, he, I feel like he probably, like, in his younger days, when I, first, when I did watch, uh, O'Ranger, he would do something like this, because he's just that much of a risk-taker, because he's, like, you know, he feels like it's his responsibility to, like, you know, do whatever necessary to, to defeat the enemy, and, and this is classic Goro, you know. Um, I especially like the fact that, like, you know, Dawn, you know, was able to create some weapon for everybody, for everybody to use. Um, I do like the fact that he is also, like, he just, he's real relatable, because, like, you know, people have, will have always have, like, these, like, Doubts about their abilities or how they do things about the team and blah blah blah. So it was nice that he was able to overcome that. And um, I also want to add that like it's not like really a 
big deal to bring this up, but like it's a plain deal. Um, whenever like Dahl was hitting uh Guy, Guy was kind of doing my sex sex uh, dance moves as he was hitting him. Because at one moment he was kind of doing a thriller, like and then another time he was doing like the uh, the swirl and then he was over, he would like have his hand on a cross and like his hand open. I think it was the second time he did it. I can't remember. But it was, but it was like my second one was dance. What about you, Riz? What did you think? Um, so for this episode pair, I enjoyed the Bosco stuff because I was enjoying seeing Bosco and Marvelous interact. It's great greatness um so that's a pretty standard answer but the thing that i liked most was the don-centricness of this in a way like i said earlier um don's not really comedic here he's more focused he has a purpose he's doing something besides cooking and doing errand work since it's taking crap from the entire team he's being a real asset being a person building their weapons for them so i give this a pretty good rating just because Dawn finally gets some much-needed love. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anything else on this one? Mm-hmm. Onwards. All right, we're going to be... Uh, I'm going to be taking over now. Uh, we're going to be looking at episode 33 called It's a Hero! Um... This is um, <clears throat> the tribute episode for Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Um, now, uh, Die Ranger was is kind of weird with Power Rangers because uh, it's technically been adapted, but uh, we but it was adapted in a really weird way, like um, like uh. The suit for its sixth ranger, Kiba Ranger, was used for the White Mighty Morphin Ranger. Their mechs were used for the Thunder Zords in Mighty Morphin. Um, and there were some other elements that were brought in in Power Rangers too, like um, like uh, the the um, the Hinchin device, the Aura Changer, was used uh, for Mike's Magna Defender Morpher in Lost Galaxy. Plus, there were also rumors that um, they were going to use the main five Ranger suits uh, in um, in Power Rangers Lost Galaxy for like uh, <clears throat> I don't know. During the Lost Galaxy saga, there was some rumors going around that they were originally going to bring up a story about um, ancient Power Rangers that used the Quasar Sabers three thousand years ago, and they were going to use the Die Ranger suits. Uh, for those rangers, which would have been cool, by the way. Um, but that, of course, never happened. Uh, Probably may not approve being left out of all the fun. Oh, lord. Um, <laughs> and uh, the only other one was that um, um, they took the suit for the main villain, and he was used for Master Org in Power Rangers Wild Force. <laughs> Pardon me, but... Uh, but that, Wait, but that uh, Master Org's suit comes from Die Ranger. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. Yeah, so Die Ranger is all over the place in Power Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, 
So this is a Guy-focused episode. Um, as the episode begins, uh, Guy is uh, fully recovered from his broken arm, and he's really high-spirited. He's eager to get back, so he starts helping the Gokaijers, cleaning everything, and you know, trying to do all this work. Um, and uh, he goes out with Don and Luca to do some grocery shopping, but then they get attacked by a Zanya called Zakura, which is like a... Um, I guess the best way to define this monster is, uh, you ever seen that Mighty Morphin episode, Food Fight, Pudgy Pig? Pretty much the same mm -hmm. monster. Not a pig base, but it's a monster that can eat anything. Um, so, uh, during the battle, um, Guy loses his Gokai cellular. Like, it gets knocked away, and then it gets eaten by the monster. So, and, uh, Guy gets all depressed because he can't transform anymore. So the other Gokaijers are trying to track down Sakura, and I'm going to talk about that element again in, in a little bit. Um, Guy is, uh, you know, sulking and just feeling all sorry for himself, and he encounters Ryo, who is the former Ryu Ranger from Die Ranger. Um, and uh, Ryo takes Guy to his personal restaurant where he makes gyoza. It was established in Die Ranger that he had a dream to become the best gyoza chef in the world. Um, Guy continues to feel depressed, but Ryu tells Guy that he shouldn't be worried about that. He should be worried about what's really important. And uh, later on, um, there's this big uh, you know, event where Ryu is serving his gyoza, and he continues to... Um, during which Guy gets angry at Rio because he's like, how could you be okay with just serving gyoza? I mean, aren't you depressed that you can't be Ryu Ranger anymore? And Ryu, tell, and Ryu asks Guy, well, dude, what matters to you as a hero? And then uh, later on, um, at that party, Zakura attacks. Uh, Ryo attempts to fight off the Zanyak, even though he can't transform, during which he does his uh, unmorphed rearranger pose, which is awesome. Um, and uh, with Ryo fighting, Guy remembers that the real reason why he wanted to become a hero was because he wanted to help people, not just transform. The Gokaijers arrive. Um, they, they beat... Uh, they beat... Um, uh, Zakura, and they knock Guy's Gokai cellular out of his stomach, and uh, Guy transforms. The Gokaijers use Die Ranger to defeat uh, Zakura. During the battle, the Gokaijers use the Die Ranger Grand Power. Now, they don't obtain it in this episode, because if you remember correctly, they obtained the Die Ranger Grand Power back during the uh, Gokaijer Ghost Sager crossover movie. They just haven't used it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the episode ends on a uh, positive note as uh, Ryu tells Guy to always remember what's the most important when fighting. Now, the, uh, now the Die Ranger Grand Power allows Gokaio to summon uh, Kiroku energy, which is like this key energy. It, it, it's uh, based heavily off of Chinese mythology. It's basically the energy that gave the Die Rangers their powers. And... Um, that he can fire Kiroku energy at the enemies to finish it off. Um, pretty simple episode. Um, 
You know, I enjoyed watching this episode again because uh, I actually met Rio's actor at Power Morphicon 2018. Um, he's a very friendly person. In fact, uh, he's a little too into... I get the feeling that he's a little too into Rio because, you know, unlike the other Sentai actors that showed up there who were just wearing normal clothes, he was wearing the clothes that Rio wore in the show and he wore the toys of his aura changer there like totally awesome guy i think he's a little too into being rio which is fine i got no problem with that i mean in the same way that i have no problem with melody perkins and justin nimmo showing up dressed up like astronomer and psycho silver i have no objection to that um but uh but yeah that was awesome um the plot of the episode is pretty standard you know ranger loses their powers and um you know, they have to remember what's most important, not the power, but your determination to uh, fight despite not having powers. I know a certain Power Rangers team that needs to learn that lesson, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, we don't discuss that team. Right. Um, right. But... Uh, you know, I, I think it was good with Guy. I think, like, you know, he's been Gokai Silver enough to where, you know, it might have gone to his head. So it does kind of, uh, you know, make sense for him to have to remember that. The one thing that stands out about this episode, and I know this is really subtle, and maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but I really don't care. I love how the Gokaijers are with trying to track down Zakura because... Yes, technically the Gokaijers are fighting because they do want to protect the Earth, but every time they run into a monster, they're not, they really, you can get the feeling that maybe a good chunk of the reason why they're fighting is because, you know, there's something personal. Like, I don't know, maybe the monster got in their way while they were treasure hunting, or, you know, this monster did something to Marvelous, or... I don't know, um, a monster ruined Marvelous's curry or something, and he wants revenge. Their reason for going after Zakura is that Zakura has Guy Cellular, and, the, and they're even saying, yeah, dude, we'll get this back for you. And what I like about that is that, you know, they, I think this gives me the feeling that they've really accepted Guy as one of their own, because, you know, um, even at the end of the episode where he officially joined, they said that he would only be an apprentice. So I get the feeling that, like, they view Guy important enough to them that they're willing to, like, go out of their way to get this monster and try to get his cellular back. I know, maybe I'm looking too deep into this, but I, I just love that. I love how they've grown to accept Guy as one of their own, and they're trying to go out of their way to help them now. So, I don't know what your subtitle copies had but in my subtitles they actually call him um pirate apprentice to uh reread um so whenever marvelous comes to help them at the end um he says to him he says hey thanks for helping the pirate our pirate apprentice because he um is still learning from us and he's one of us now so that's something that our subtitles had in this version I had. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing I 
want to comment on on a slightly related topic to this episode. Um, I am a huge fan of the Sentai Rangers coming back and being used in the Anniversary season. But what makes it even cooler is this return of this Sentai Ranger, who I've, I've never seen Die Ranger. Surprise, surprise. Um, but it was really nice to be able to see Ryu um, start off kind of like, eh, I can't get involved because I don't have any power, to, you know what? I can't let this could do it all by himself. And he's genuinely excited, I feel, to be able to um, reuse that pose. Like, he didn't have to do his pose. He didn't have to say he's so-and-so from uh, the Die Ranger team. That was all just he wanted to do it, so he did it. And I thought it was pretty cool that even after all that time, because... Think about it. For this team, they haven't been a team for about 20 years in canon. So he's still very much attached to it. I think that's really cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, my thoughts from the episode, uh, I actually did like this episode too. Um, I only watched a brief bit of um die ranger but i do know the character i do know Ryu, like his character like and he did in the show he did explain that he wanted to like you know open up his own like little restaurant or like some type of food like some type of food industry thing so it's cool that he actually achieved his dream um i also like the fact that this perfectly encapsulates what we like about you know, it's the counterpart Power Rangers. Because with Power Rangers, there will be times where the Rangers won't have the powers, but they'll still continue forward without them and will continue to fight the good fight even without their powers. And yes, we're talking about that one specific team, but we're not going to mention the team. But yeah, other than that, great episode. Um, it was great to see him again. Re- like these actors, such a cool, cool, cool character, just like a like, cool actor, like cool guy, like we're like a. Nathan said, and the fact that he still can do the pose, like, like he must be able to practice in that mirror every day because because even when I try to do the pose, I don't do it correct, like like as perfect as he did. The only other thing I want to say is that it's fitting how this is a tribute episode to uh how this is a centric episode for a guy because uh according to an interview uh with uh Junya EK um Ikeda who is the actor who plays guy um who's also a big fan of sentai by the way <laughs> he's very similar to guy in that regard apparently his favorite sentai as a kid was die ranger and he always wanted to be Tiba ranger so um well, which is hint, which is uh, funny because uh, in episode nineteen, when he first gains the ability to connect his uh, to summon ranger keys from the chest, the first ranger key he does is Kiba Ranger. I guarantee you, Ikeda made that decision. Um, so that that's pretty fitting. I'm not gonna lie. Um, he became Kiba Ranger a lot of times. You think about it. Yeah, he has. Um, 
Did you guys have any further thoughts? No. We're nope. Good. Carry on. All right. Next up is episode 34, Dreams Come True. Oh, wow. We finally get a filler episode here. Thank you. Uh, and it's Lucas and Trick. Uh, yeah, revolves around Luca, and you guys know what that means. And for those of you who don't, that means that it's Anthony's turn. Go ahead, Anthony. Yes, sir. Okay, so um, in this episode, um, someone from Luca's past returns, and they're basically like there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens, but I kind of want to get the meat and bones of thing. Um, what happens in this episode is that uh, while Luca and John were shopping, I think Bill was with them too, I think. I can't remember. It was, it was all three of them exactly. No, actually, no, it was Guy. Guy, Luca, and uh, Don were out shopping. Um, they were like, look, it's like they left to eat or whatever, cook. Um, one of them was like, oh, we should get broccoli. And Luca was like, I don't like broccoli. Broccoli's gross. Yeah, get away from me. Um, after they did that, then for their shopping, um, some Sue Gorman, uh, and Gorman attacked, try to attack, attack, try to attack them. But a mysterious man with an incredible amount of money shows up and basically buys off the minions to just tell them, hey, like, get the money and get out of here. We'll be all good, right? And they just take the money and they leave and they're like, you know what? We'll leave y'all alone today. But next time we're gonna get you. Just, just you wait. <laughs> and the guy takes the glass off, and oh my, Luca knows this person. His name is Kane. Um, they come from the same planet. Um, as we all know, Luca was on, on a planet, and one of the planets she was born with. Uh, she was very poor. Uh, she was dirt poor. Um, she sadly wasn't able to, to take care of her sister. Her sister died. Um, because she, because you know, she just couldn't get get her to uh, get her medical attention, and she's read there ever since. Um, her, she's she knows this guy, um, Kane, because uh, him, I, they formed sort of a bond, but it wasn't like it kind of like a relationship. It didn't really feel like a relationship type of thing. So, but I do know he might have feelings for her, and he was trying like to like tell her, hey, you can. Leave your pirate crew or whatever. Come with me. I have money, and we can. I can take care of you. Like just do that. And before she could even really like give him an answer, it turns out that the mom. That turns out that the king she was talking to wasn't the real king. It was actually a monster, like an actual commanded monster in disguise. Um, what this monster can do is that. Um, when he uh, puts his forehead against someone else's, he can take the form of that person and mimic them perfectly, like, you know, vocals, um, like, the looks, the vocals, and he matches, like, uh, Luca gets kidnapped by this monster and is replaced by her, like, is replaced by him. And he sneaks aboard the Gokai Galleon um, to trick the ranger, trick the, trick the Gokaijus into thinking that, that he is her. And what ends up happening is that um, the fake Luca um, 
you know, just say, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm ready to eat. And what we have for dinner, and the, of course, confused, uh, go-catchers are like, wait, you were with us when we were out shopping. You would know what we had. And she's like, oh, I knew that. And so what's really, really interesting about this is the fact that the go-tigers know each other so well that they can pick up on things. And what they notice is that, like, Luca eating broccoli, which is like a no-no. Like, they didn't really show that, like, the go-tigers were like, they, you know, they didn't like show what they thought was going on with her. And but then like you notice that like everybody was feeding her like she was getting broccoli from like I'm and like just 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 eating the thing like 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 it's candy. And so nighttime falls and the fake Luca ends up planting all these bombs everywhere and is about to like leave the ship and then detonate all the bombs and and the Gokai Galleon explodes or so we think. And then uh, he goes back to where Kane and Luca are, and he tells them, "Oh yeah, um, I killed your friends by, while I was using while I was using your face. So uh, yeah, so I'm gonna kill you now too. Now just to just to you know give it a, the uh, make ends meet. But turns out that the guys those guys are just fine. Like." <laughs> You thought that they were going to die from something like that? Come on now. Like, come on. Did you really think they were going to die like this? No. What ends up happening is that um, Guy <laughs> finally explains what happens. And he tells uh, pretty much the audience, pretty much uh, the monster, that um, we knew all along that, she, that that wasn't Luca. Because we have suspicions about, about her um, when she was aboard the ship. And how, like... She was eating the broccoli, and we know Luca doesn't like broccoli. And once I'm had fed it to her, that's when they were were very sure that it wasn't her. And when she, when Luca when the fake Luca was out, you know, up and up at night playing the bombs or whatever, like I'm and the rest of the rest of the gang were already like in our in on the plan and they were already like disabling the bombs and stuff like that. And they own and they use Free Maru to create a fake explosion to make it seem like that the Gokaiju had died, but they really didn't. And so they free Luca, they all do the Gokai change, and they all fight. Now again, while fighting this monster, uh Luke Luca is um the monster uses Luca's appearance again in Gokaiju form. So we get a brief moment of seeing those two fight as, you know, using the same, using two different, using the same costume, but in, you know, just two different people. Um, guy sees uh, the fake Luca get injured, thinking that it's really her, but he's like, oh, like, are you okay, Luca? And it's actually not her. And so he, so Guy ends up being uh, used to trans, used as a, um, basis for the for the monster transforming to him now, and so he ends up taking the other Gokaijers in uh, in guy's form, and and now the guards Gokaijers are kind of confused on who's who, but cleverly uh, Luca tells them, "Hey, well, I you don't need to do anything else. Just just follow my lead." And so they all do the Gokai change, and 
they all do a uh, Mega Ranger. Uh, make red, blue, black, pink, silver, and yellow. And <laughs> everybody transforms, but except for the fake. The fake couldn't, you know, Gokai change um, because he didn't have that, you know, needs to do it. So they end up attacking him using their finishers, um, Moscow's Giant, of course, and um, uses his ability to change into a building. And, of course, they have, like, centers for it. It's, it's not even that hard to find the monster. So they just uh, attack it, destroy it. Um, we know that Kane uh, tries to his plea of saying, hey, like, you should uh, come with me to, you know, you know, with me and we can be happy together blah, blah blah she declines oh i meant i forgot one one um one thing uh we get luca's backstory on how she joins the gokaijers um she sneaks aboard on one of the uh zonyak ships and she's trying to steal some money and she gets caught up she gets caught of course and then but then uh joe and marvelous show up and they take care of like whatever minions that were that were attacking her or whatever. And they're like, oh wow, like you actually can't got here before we did? I'm actually impressed. Marvel's is like, hey, maybe we should join our crew. And she's like, nah, no thanks. I'm good. I don't want to join you, join you guys, I'm good. But he's like, but we're looking for the greatest treasure in the in the universe. And she's like, greatest treasure in the universe. <laughs> that doesn't exist, you fools. That's just that's just fairy tales. But he's like, they're like, no, it's real. Like, it's supposed to be like the greatest treasure in the entire universe. And so Luca's like, if this is the greatest treasure in the universe, which means that it's more, it's more than everything in the entire galaxy. Her actual dream is to buy the entire universe. It's crazy. But that's what she wants and you know I hope that's the dream she can fulfill but uh that was a little small detail I forgot to mention during the ep- during my take of the episode but after uh she tells her, her goodbyes the cane uh the episode just just ends with her just walking away that's it Yeah, so this episode is pretty good. It's a pretty good character episode for Luca. Um, a little quick fun fact here: uh, the guy who plays Kine, uh, Luca's friend, is he was actually he actually had a big role on *Common Rider Double*. He was um, no way. He was yeah, uh, it was uh, Dean's actor, right? Huh? Was it was it Dean's actor? No. Or something um, it, oh. it was a, it was a different guy. Um, he played a Kurihiko, who was like a villain in the show for well, not really a villain, oh, right, right. Um, kind of weird. So it was, and and Double came out before Gokaiger, so this is him afterwards. So that's pretty cool, right? Um, right. Just wanted to point that out. Um, yeah, I think Luca. This is a pretty good. You know, we we got hints on you know what Luca's character was like, and you know how. She has this big dream, um, you know. Uh, I think it was back in like episode six, I think. So 
Yeah, um, this is a pretty good... Uh, th this is basically the peak of Luca's story. And as far as the peak is concerned, um, I think it's pretty good. I, I, I don't think there's anything else I can say other than that it's really good. Say again, Anthony? I was like, yeah, no, you're good. Sorry about that. I had to keep my headset back on. Were you going to say something? No, 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 no. Okay, what about you, Riz? Riz? Oh, I think he'll uh, be right. He'll be right back. Yeah, he'll be right back. Oh, sorry, we're experiencing uh technical difficulties here. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why my Discord decided to change the audio on me. But well, yeah. that's weird. okay, cool. You can hear me. Yeah, I was going to say, um, regarding this episode, you guys have already said everything that needs to be said. Luca's amazing. The story is amazing. Um, I have no complaints with it. So carry on, Nate. Yeah. Well, but I will say this, though, before anyone says anything. Yes, this was another episode that could have been adapted to Power Rangers, but they didn't, and I'm still mad to this day they didn't. Because this has been a perfect episode to adapt. Anthony, they did my wife dirty. I know. Oh, See, that's here's my fun. thing. Okay. Here's what they could have done. This could have been an episode where, like, oh, um, this monster of the day decides, hey, I'm going to try to pretend to be one of the Rangers so I can trick them and have them fight against each other or whatever. And so he sees Gia, turns into Gia, tricks the other Rangers are thinking that she's her, blah, blah, blah. But, like, they know some things are different with this one. She's, like, she's not acting the same way as she did before. Because, for one, she could be, like, all into Jake when clearly that wasn't how she was at the beginning of the show. Oh, my and God. That no, could be a trick. That would have been hilarious. Yes! And then they would have been, like, you're not Gia. And then Jake would have immediately noticed it because he knows everything about Gia because that's his that's his is crushed, so he would know more about what she actually is than anyone else. That needs to be a thing. Quick. It's just, Go back just in time. Hmm? Maybe I could. Maybe when I do my little super mega force thing, I could do an episode like that. Please do it. Please. That'd be amazing. Yeah, because unlike other things that I ride, I try to uh, only work with what the Sentai gives me, so that'd be perfect, you know? Indeed. Yeah. Well, we're going to move on to the next uh, two-part episode. We got a lot of two-part episodes in this video. <laughs> um, um, it's a Go Onger tribute episode. Now, Bo Anthony, have you seen Go Onger? Yes, all the way through. Okay, good. Both Anthony and I have seen Goanger all the way through. Goanger was adapted into Power Rangers RPM. Um, 
And a scene as we've both seen go on, Jer, both Anthony and I are going to um, do commentary on episodes. So, uh, Anthony, if you will please do episode 35, Dimension on the Other Side, please. Alrighty. Um, in this particular episode, um, we actually get the return of the um, machines from Goanger, three main ones. Uh, you see Speedor, uh, Anthony, Bear, or uh, Can you hear me? Hello. Um, I hear him. Anthony, uh, you cut out. We can't hear you. You don't hear Anthony. I can, I can hear. Yeah, he can hear me. Well, Riz can hear me, but I can't hear. Like Nate can't hear me apparently. Nathan, okay. Do you hear while, me? while 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 we're um. While uh, we're working on that, um, I'll just uh, try to fill in for Anthony here uh, for a brief second. Um, so uh, episode 35 is called Dimension on the Other Side. Um, as the episode begins, the Gokai, um, there's a big crack and a barrier right above the Gokai Galleon. And the Gokaijers meet up with a rabbit-like robot named Bomper. Uh, Bomper is... Uh, More and Anthony, I'm sorry, I just had difficult. Yeah, hey, do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Cool. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay, that was weird because, like. I was talking the whole time and risking the only one person to hear me. Yeah, I just got kicked off of Discord uh, briefly, real quick. We, we apologize for all, all our listeners back home, uh, the uh, technical difficulties that we're having here, but they appear to have been resolved. So, um, yeah. Um, Anthony, uh, you continue. All right, so... Um... As the uh, Gokai Galleon crew has lunch, uh, a dimensional hole opens up and the uh, sky falls from it. Uh, Bomper, the uh, robot that you see from Galanger, uh, makes his return and tells the uh, the Gokai just what's going on and why he's there, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they actually uh, go see uh, Sosuke, who's the uh, original Go On Red um, from Go Onjers. Um, he's actually a, uh, race, a race car driver uh, at the moment. That's what, he, that's what he's doing as he's you know not being a, a, a go hazard right now. And Vomper explains us why he's there. And but kept, oh, actually no, no, before that. Uh, he tells like we get a kind of a backstory of why Bomper's there because apparently um, the engines uh, Spear, Buzzon, and Bear RV have already tried to stop this uh, this, this guy uh, member called Shira uh, Kasinski. Let's just just call him. Uh, wait, hold on. I got his name noted down here. Just call him. Uh... Chira, Chiraka, because okay. Chiraka, yeah, Chiraka. Let me just say this right now. Go, go, Andre. I love you. Stop.
Stop giving your villains complicated names. Stop. Okay. It was very. It was so annoying, especially the, the one guy. His name be. will not be Bob. Okay, thanks. Okay, because <laughs> because you as you remember, um, in RPM, the Vengeance Vengeance finally gets a robot or robot form they can walk around in and fight the Rangers in. That's that robot that was used on what appeared in um was first appeared Go in Go Wander. Has a very very long complicated name. I'm not gonna even try to pronounce it because it's it's very long and I can't even remember remember saying it like. I can't but yeah, remember that's it's, it's that bad. Just stop with it's, the it's big names. This is really yeah. ridiculous. All but, right, let's continue. Anyway. Sorry about that little tangent. <laughs> so anyway, um, basically, a surviving member of the of the uh, guy arc. Uh, Attacked the uh, well, actually, was trying to like they, I remember that those three engines were trying to stop um, Chira from uh, attacking this one world, which is I think the Western world, world I think it's called the Gunman World, or gun, or gun World, I think Gunman World, um, which is based kind of like based off like a you know, Western looking world, basically. Um, they were defeated and Sosuke asked uh, the Gohan just like, hey, can you help me get to uh, Gunman World so I can say, so I can help my uh, my engine my engine friends out? Captain Marvel's like, I'm not doing that crap. No. And they're claiming that they would not get anything from it. And it's like, and particularly they have already received a bunch of great, great power, as, as you know from the movie, where they fought against and alongside the Gosagers. So they're like, we got the grand power already, so we don't really need to do anything else. Bye. <laughs> but Sosuke decides to go by himself after like very poor attempts to try to get to reach the whole marvelous nubs appear. And he says that he will help him out, help on Sosuke ride if he wants to. And the group travels to the Gunman World where they save uh, some citizens from the uh, group of uh, Ugats. Ugats are like the uh, Minions of uh, the guy are they are also, also uh, the uh, grinders from uh, RPM, yep, as they're called. Yep, uh, they eventually catch up to uh, Speed or Buzzlon and R VRV, and <laughs> Sosuke finds out that VRV and Speed or are not only married but they have a kid. Now, <laughs> when we did this episode. Um, review for Super Mega Four when they did this episode. <laughs> we had made this very funny, but very kind of like juvenile, like, um, like, uh, picture, like, picture for like the episode or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> and we literally, we literally had like, uh, Speedor and like, um, there are being basically like just just doing. <laughs> Let's just say they weren't. They, they were doing very lots of lots of hugging, lots of hugging. That, that's all I can say. Well, um, actually, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll give an, a better explanation. But first off, in case you're wondering who the engines are, Speedor and Bear RV, uh, you'll remember in RPM their their Zords were like uh, animal and a uh, car hybrids. 
Well, in the Sentai, those things were living things, like they could talk. And um, and this is them. But, but in case you want to know how uh, uh, Speedor and Bear RV uh, were able to make a child, well, um, so the Goander's main mech is called Ingeno, and in that formation, uh, Speedor is on top of Bear RV. Uh, let's just say that Speedor was probably doing a little bit more than he should have been doing every time they formed Ingeno. <laughs> Get in gear! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That joke had to be made. I'm so sorry. Oh, that was, that, that was our funniest, funniest video we made. That yeah. I was able to remember it. Oof, good times, good times. Yeah. And their son's name is uh, Mock Alkin. And he's like a hybrid between a Falcon and a and a Formula race car. So yeah. yeah Sorry, you continue. No, you're good. You're good. Um, basically, Mock Falcon. He's kind of a dick. If if if, if we want to be clear, um, he's very reckless and he just loves driving around, causing chaos wherever he wherever he um drives around. Um, he just rather like go around and like race around, you know, machine world than help his parents out. Um, I know the review was cut short because uh, Chira uh returns. Actually, no, Chira challenges the Go Hydra to a duel. Mom was the horse upset of Exit's duel, and despite all the dirty tricks that the monster does, uh, Chira is defeated by the Go Hydra's. Um, I I take off points however, from this duel because they don't play the good, the bad, and the ugly during the duel. No, they don't. They really could have played that. <laughs> they could have totally, totally done that. Really I don't know why they didn't. It was like perfect setting for it too. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, let's see. During their battle with the enlarged Shira, the coaches Tokai just try to use the uh, great power of the Wanderers, but. Nothing happens at all. Like, just put their keys in and just nothing. Like, and despite the difference in power, they managed to take, take uh, Chira with their own power and learn that uh, Chira had only joined the dark dude, how cool the name sounded. <laughs> hey, talk about motivation. Hey, say what you will about the villain, about villains, but at least this one had a actually, like, non. Like a non, like just evil being evil reason. He just he just wanted to, be funny to join it because it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, when Pirates confront Sasuke about why the reason the greater power is not working, um, he they were about to say something, but then all of a sudden, uh, at least his name is not easier to pronounce, Babachi. The new leader of the Yark, who reveals that um, he merely used the cheer to lure the gold crashes into the Gunner world, and by seeing a wall between dimensions, the gold crashes are now trapped and are unable to run the human world, leading uh, the Yark to be able to go to the human world and attack it. And now they have to rely on Falcon. To help get them back because he's the only one that has the power to like break the dimensions because speed yeah. speed or crew are too weakened from the last battle. And that leads us to uh the second part of partner pirate. 
Um, and I'll, uh, I'll take care of this, if you don't mind, Anthony. Um, Not at all. But by the way, uh, Bacacito, um, he, uh, so his suit was used for Professor Cog in uh, Power Rangers, except in Power Rangers, uh, even though Professor Cog was destroyed in that, in that crossover movie between RPM, well, sort of RPM, and Samurai, they give no explanation for why he's back um, in Super Mega Force, but... Here, it's not the same person. It's just uh, a machine that just happens to look like another machine. So, it's fine. Like, here's the, how they could have fixed it. They could have just said, oh, it's a good thing I had a, good, had a backup body. Otherwise, I might have been destroyed for good. That's all they had to say. They're making these complicated without no reason. Ah, uh, super. Go on. What are we ever going to do for uh, you? Late, like... I think Lacar's in cars at the best. It's bizarre, lazy writing. Like, mm -hmm. <sighs> don't away. The Gokaigers are trapped in the gunman world. They can't break through the dimensional barrier because the engines are too weak. So, uh, they decide to go to the machine world where they can uh, find Mock Alkin since. Uh, he hasn't been fighting, so therefore he would have enough power to break through the barrier. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Bapachito and his, uh, and his um, Uggets begin attacking the human world. And uh, in a very funny th um, change of events, the Zanyak are all like, wait a minute, we want to conquer the, uh, the human world. So we get a scene where you have Gorman and Uggets fighting each other. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't right. think we've seen two f opposing foot soldiers fighting each other. The only time I can recall was in the last episode of Zeo when the Cogs were battling the Tengas. But that's about mm -hmm. it. And that was Power Rangers. Yeah. So, um, anyway, um, so the Gokaigers arrive in, a, in the machine world and they have to chase around Mach Galkin for a little bit. Um, um, and after we go through a big chase, which ends with Marvelous kind of, uh, you know, stopping uh, Mach Galkin, what they do is that they kind of stun him and then use Gokaio to kind of tame him like he's an animal with a chain, like, you know, like he's a horse. Um, Mach Galkin basically admits that uh, he was jealous because his parents were always heroes and he never had anything to fight for. So Marvelous is all like, okay, well then how about you fight with us? Um, and Mach Alkin agrees, and he becomes uh, the Gokaiger's partner. Uh, Mach Alkin helps the Gokaigers break through the barrier. They re-enter the human world. Uh, the Gokaigers arrive. Uh, there's a very subtle thing that foreshadows to the next episode where uh, Joe and Barizorg acknowledge each other, acknowledge each other, because, uh, you know... Um, Bari, Zorg, and Joe have a thing going on. Uh, the Gokaijers uh, transform into Goanger uh, to battle Babachito and um, the Gorman and Uggets. They defeat him. Um, and, then it, and then the Gokaijers are able to use the Goanger grand power to summon Makalkin whenever they want. Um, and they can combine Mach Alkin to form uh, Go On Gokaio, where they simply uh, 
detach their legs and the body of Gokaio attaches to the um, Mock Galkin, which is pretty cool. Um, Mock Galkin promises... This wasn't my favorite formation either, to go with you. Sorry, I had to, I had to say that. Just yeah, it's okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, okay. Uh, Mock Galkin uh, promises that he'll help the Gokaijers um, from now on. Then he returns to the machine world. Uh, so and the episode ends on a really uh, funny note with Sosuke asking if he can join the Gokaijers, if he can be Gokai Fire, but they just walk away like, uh, no. And then the episode ends. Um, so before we, t- I talk about how much this episode, how much I like this episode, I'm just gonna say this right now, all you Sentai fans, I don't care what you say. I know Goanger is hated by most fans. I don't care. I love Goanger. It's amazing. If you want to sue me, yeah. come at me. I don't care. Okay? Just sue yeah. me. These deeds uh, are the property yeah. of Nathan and only Nathan. Anime Secrets takes no fault for these lawsuits that may come or may not come. <laughs> I take them out myself. I don't care. I love Goanger. Okay? It's... Is it stupid? Oh, like... Does it have stupid elements? Sure. Is it over the top? Yeah. Is it silly? Is it overly silly? Yes. And that's what I love about it. It's awesome. So I don't care. I don't care that I like this I show. Like I, I like it. I thought yeah. it was funny. And I thought this but episode... I also like RPM, though. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I like, like RPM. Let let you say your piece, and then I'll say whatever I need to say afterwards. And as far as the tribute episode is concerned, I like this, you know, like it really just captures all the things that make Goanger awesome. Like Speed On and Bear RV inexplicably having a child. That only Goanger would do something like that. And I love it. You know, the whole like you know, the whole like the Zanyak and Gaiark fighting each other and then, you know, the Zanyak abandoning the Gorman, and then the Gorman like trying to watch the battle with Bapachi, and one of the Gorman be like, "Yeah, yeah, go, guy, Arkham." And Bapachi just like, "Man, what you doing? Get in that battle!" Like it's funny. Like it fully encapsulates all the funny elements that made Goanger Goanger, and I love it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. This is a great tribute episode, and if you haven't seen Goanger. Screw what the rest of the fans say. It is awesome, and you need to watch it. Indeed. And that's all I'm going to say. Anthony? Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed this two-parter. Um, is that someone who's watched RP? I mean, uh, not RPM. Uh, go on your all the way through, which I watched both. <laughs> um, I can say, hey, like, this is a good, this is a really good uh, tribute episode. Um, I'm not really a fan of the whole, like, detaching legs to form, like, you know, legs for the, I guess, you know, my falcon formation, but, like, I mean, it's not bad. It's not terrible, but I just wish they could have done something different. But, I mean, what, what can you do with the freaking, like, you know, Vehicle as as the legs. I mean, I don't, I don't I don't think they could probably do anything better than this. So, you know. mm-hmm. but uh, but I will say I like both Goanger and RPM for their own ways. I'm not gonna say that 
400 is better than RPM. I'm not going to say RPM is better than Galanger. They're both separate creations in my opinion. Because they're two very different series altogether. I will keep them as two different series. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, other, other shows have been adapted, but this one feels like RPM did its own thing, and Gawander is, you know, its own thing itself. So it's kind of unfair to be like, oh, I think RPM is better than the uh, Gawander, or Gawander is better than RPM. Like, no, it's it's two different different creations altogether. And if you want to do a comparison, that's fine. But like, just say that, in my first opinion, I don't think that one's better than the other. That's my first opinion. So that's all I gotta say about that. So Riz is the only one here who hasn't seen uh, Go Onger. What did you think? I really enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I would. Um, it was interesting to see like a whole different take on Sentai, where they're traveling between dimensions and they have a partner system with these little robot things. I thought really cool. And um, yeah, this is another one I'd probably want to check out for the scene, Nate. Just FYI. Good. Given you're making a list of what I'm watching next. Wait, what? Given you're making a list of what I'm watching. Cool. Yep. All right, well, we're going to be wrapping up this uh, review with uh, another two-part episode. Now, I'm going to take care of the first part, and then all three of us are going to take a look at the second part. Um, Yeah, we've covered quite a bit. It's getting pretty late, but I think we're all enjoying ourselves. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to start off with uh, the first part, episode 37, The Strongest Fighting Machine. Um, as this episode begins, the Gokaijers are battling against uh, giant Sue Gorman, and uh, they defeat them all. Um, they summon Mokgalkin to help them, and then Mokgalkin asks the Gokaijers if they have a grand power, but they don't know. Um, the Gokaijers are a little confused, although uh, Luka has suggested that they thought that uh, the Gokaijer grand power was just Gokaio, but they can't explain. Uh, meanwhile, on the Zanyak ship, they get visited by a purple-colored ship that's from the Emperor's Elite Guard. <clears throat> And uh, inside the ship, we are, we, the Zangak get help in the form of two Dugormen. Uh, Dugormen look like Sugormen, except they're colored red, and they actually have arms, and they use these uh, spears. They're the soldiers of the Emperor's Elite Guard, so they're kind of like those uh, Imperial Guards from Star Wars, the ones that wear the red armor. Um, and they also bring a robot called the Great Warzu, which is a giant robot that's called, that's the Zanyak's ultimate fighting machine, and Warzu Gil declares that he'll use this to defeat the Gokadgers. Now, meanwhile, um... Aboard the Galleon, the Gokaijers are kind of having a bit of an argument since Guy insists that they're protecting people. Marvelous says that they're just trying to stop the Zanyak now, but, uh, you know, um, he feels a little bothered when 
Guy uses the word protect, although Guy is a little um, confused. Now, aboard the Zanyak ship, we are shown in a flashback that Warzugil wants to destroy the Gokaijers himself because he wants to um, prove, him, prove that he is better than his father, um, Akdoskil, who is the emperor of the entire Zanyak. Um, and we're shown in a flashback, we're shown Akdoskil um, assigning Damaris to accompany Warzugil because he doesn't think that his son can do it by himself, so he wanted Damaris to help him out. And um, feeling like he wants to prove that he's better than his father, Warzugil says that he'll defeat the Gokaijers. Uh, Barizorg, who's of course blindly loyal to him, agrees to, agrees to help him. So after a brief scene where uh, Joe and Guy talk about uh, Marvelous and how Joe reveals that um, Marvelous takes the word protect pretty literally because um, of what, because Akka Red was always protecting him for the Zanyak. Um, and Joe also reveals that uh, the Zanyak always wins in the end because, you know, they've destroyed everyone's homeworld. And even... And even Marvelous, Akared, and Bosco, when they were the Akaki pirates, they still, like, they won, um, they won every battle, but they still lost in the end. But even then, you know, Guy vows that he's still going to protect the Earth. Uh, Barizorg ambushes the Gokaijers, um, and they get forced into battle. Uh, Joe has a big one-on-one -on -one duel with Barizorg, vowing that he's going to save Sid's soul, but, you know, Barizorg just doesn't even acknowledge that. Uh, the other Gokaijers battle against the Dugorman, during which they use, uh, during which for the first time uh, we see the Gokaijers use um, Bosco's old extra hero ranger keys. Um, Marvelous becomes Walzard Fire. Uh, uh, Luca becomes Zubon, during which he kind of a uh, uh, she kind of plays along like she's constantly saying like zoom zoom which is pretty funny um this was why i was asking earlier by the way yeah i figured that mm -hmm. um don becomes signal man uh <clears throat> i him was uh hold on a uh, deck of swan and guy becomes the black knight and by the way how is I've always wondered how Guy is able to transform into Black Knight, because there's no Black Knight button on his cellular. I always wondered how he would do that. Um, but anyway, um, so the Gokaijers defeat the Dugorman. Uh, Joe goes even-handed with Barizorg, but before they can finish the fight, Warzugil appears, vowing that he'll destroy the Gokaijers. He summons the Great Warzu. Um, the Gokaijers, of course, summon Gokaio and Gojujin and try to use Makalkin and their other grand powers to fight off the Great Warzu, but it proves to be too powerful. The Gokaijers also try to use Goju Gokaio. And by the way, this is the only other time we're ever going to see that because that shows just how useless that mech is. Very useless. Yeah. Very useless. Uh, they're still overpowered. Um, and, uh, the Great Warzu has Goju Gokaio cornered, 
And uh, Marvelous realizes, okay, I guess this is it. This is where we lose to the Zanyak and we die. Um, he decides that he's, go he's going to uh, die so that the other Gokaijers can be protected. So he ejects them from the, uh, from the Gokai Galleon. And uh, the episode ends with the great Warzu blowing um, the Gokai Galleon away and it like crashes into the forest and Warzugil is laughing at his victory while um, Marvelous is lying down in the Galleon's cockpit. He's basically unconscious and the other five Gokaijers who have been split up have to go out and find him and that's how the part one ends. Now, uh, <clears throat> that leads us to the final episode we're going to be covering before we wrap up this uh, video. Um, episode 38, The Power to Seize Dreams. Now, uh, Rizwan, uh, if you want to cover some of this episode, that would be good, since you haven't been able to cover much today. We apologize for that. Go ahead. Uh, there we go. The mute button decided to hate me. <laughs> so, the two-parter. We're doing part two now. So, like Nate said, the Gokaisers are now separated with Don, Luca, Ahim together. Uh, Zoe and Guy are on the other side. Uh, on their own, doing their own thing. And they're all rushing to the forest to find Marvelous because, well, they think Marvelous needs help. And at the same time, Warzogil has told Barizorg, go bring me the Gokaiser's bodies. I want to see them dead in my hands. Um, and while they're looking for Marvelous in the Gokai Galleon and what they're going to do, the Gokaisers must be really careful in how to go through the forest because the Zanyak are... Uh, out and about looking for them because Warzagil told them to. And they're being really careful. Meanwhile, uh, Zoe does find Barzark, who he has made a deal that he was insulted. He needs to take care of Barzark himself and take him out. And they engage in another duel. And while they're in a duel, Guy meets the other three Gokaisers and he starts to realize what Marvelous meant by protect, given what he did for them. And Guy is really emotional, and he says, but I didn't want Marvelous to protect. I wanted instead for all of us as friends to fight together as we should be fighting together as a team. But Marvelous took it on himself to assume that he needed to be a protector and not a fellow team fighter. So... Uh, cutting back to the Barzark-Zoe fight. Uh, Zoe and Barzark are still locked in the duel, and Zoe vows that he'll keep fighting for Marvelous to repay him for risking his life for him, declaring he will win and he uh, will not die, while carrying such a huge debt. And this energizes Zoe to the point where um, he walks through the attack from Barzark, before deflecting another. Um, but in the process of deflecting that attack, he does de Henson or de transform, I guess, and he is able to defeat Barzark by using some techniques of the sword and destroys him. 
And I want to pass this back to one of y'all to continue. Since we are staring this. So, I think what else happens is that uh, Marvelous, um, while still unconscious, by the way, uh, is having a like a hallucination or like not maybe like hallucination, but like he uh, basically reunites with Aka Red um, in a dream dream sequence where he's reminded by his former mentor um, what it meant to be a pirate, and he's like, "You do realize that the that the crew that you're with." Is not the same crew of the Aka Red Pirates. We're not like, they're not the same thing. Like, you shouldn't be treating your teammates like how I treated y'all, you and, um, you and Bosco, where I, I sacrificed myself to save you, but I didn't want you to go and do the same thing I did. You should have trusted your teammates enough to be able to tell things. Either you all die together, or you just, you know, stick it out to the end, you know, it shouldn't be like a, oh, you didn't get to decide to sacrifice yourself to save your crew. You should allow your crew to make the choice for themselves, basically is what he said. Um, and he's telling like, you know, just follow your dream and just make sure, you know, you're there for your crew and don't selfishly think that you have to fight the battles by yourself. Let your crew, let your crew take on, take on what they can take on with or without you. And um, he wakes up and uh, Red defeats the Gal- um, Galleon. But before that happens, I think uh, Navi and him and Navi kind of have like a heart to heart because um, even though he he and Navi don't really see eye to eye on a lot of things, he still they still care about each other because like um, when he wakes up, he's thinking, "Oh my God, I thought you were dead. If you had died, you know, I I would only forgive you." Blah blah blah. So it was like a cute little scene that happened, and he's like, "I'm not gonna die, not that easily, no." And uh, Joe regroups with uh, Luca, Doc, and I'm Doc and uh, I'm a guy. Oh, yeah, you, you uh, you left something out. What I leave out? Um, <clears throat> sorry to like interject, but I I like to <laughs> briefly talk about this. Um, no, you're good. Yeah, you know I talk about. It. You know I um. Joe was uh. Joe is uh, crying because, uh, you know, uh, Bari Zorg is dead and he's um, mourning the loss of Sid. Um, but then he gets approached by a vision of Sid. And um, Sid assures Joe that he did save his soul and then tells him that he's become stronger um, thanks to the bond that he has with his Gokai, with his fellow Gokaijers. Um, and tells them and tells Joe to never let go of that bond. And uh Joe and then he tells Joe to go and find his friends and Joe nods and he runs off and he doesn't look back. You know, he basically just kind of looks away from Sid and never looks back. But as Sid's uh as Sid's spirit vanishes, Joe says thank you to Sid for everything that he's done, which is a touching moment. That mu- the music in that moment is amazing. Um yeah, that was all. I'm sorry. No, no, you can. You actually can um, go ahead because I'm. I'm I want want y'all to take over. Okay. Um. So basically, uh, Warzugil hears that uh, Bari Zorg is dead, so he sends the 
rest of his forces out to go defeat the Gokaijers. All the Gokaijers come together. Marvelous apologizes to the Gokaijers for only thinking about protecting them, and they promise that they'll fight together from now on. Um, they all come together, and they destroy the Dugormen, and they defeat all of the Zanyak's forces. Warzugil shows up with the great Warzu, and he once again just absolutely wails on the Gokaijers. Um, you know, he, like, basically cuts down all their grand powers. Um, but even though the Gokaijers are cornered, um, they still remain strong, and they vowed that they're going to continue to fight no matter what they can do, no matter what Warzugil does, and he can't defeat them. Um, and they say that they won't stop until they've seized their dream. And after this big speech, their Gokaijer Ranger keys start to glow. What did this mean? Because usually when Ranger Keys glow, that means that they've unlocked a grand power, but it's the Gokaiger Ranger Keys. Well, here's what happens. They're able to use their own grand power to combine Gokaio, Gojujin, and Mongalkin together to create their ultimate mech, Hanzen Gokaio. Um, which we're, which we're going to talk about. I have mixed feelings about this mech, but we'll talk about see. that a little bit later. Um, Hansen Gokaio pretty much just wails all over the Great Warzu, pretty much um, just, you know, walking through it like it's nothing. They defeat the Great Warzu and it explodes while Warzu Gil is still inside and he gets killed. Um, the Gokaijers celebrate their victory. Uh, Guy thinks that since they have a grand power, that means that they're an official Super Sentai. Uh, Navi mocks Marvelous a little bit, and uh, Marvelous starts trying to chase her around. And the episode ends as Domerus carries Warzu's burned body out of the Great Warzu, and he looks up at the Gokai Galleon and vows vengeance. And that's how this uh, episode ends. Um, the first thing I want to say is that this episode is probably like I you can almost kind of look at this episode as like a Gokaiger tribute episode because here's the interesting thing aside from the sixth ranger spirits appearing in guy's gold mode you know when he uses the uh when he uses his finisher in gold mode we don't see any past sentai rangers this episode this is the first time where whether it be a Ranger Key clone or a Gokai change, this is the first episode where it's the Gokaijers themselves with no past Rangers involved. And that's awesome. I really like that element. Now, I'll talk more about Hanzen Gokaio in a little bit once I've allowed these other guys to give their thoughts. But as far as this episode is concerned, it's awesome. You know, I, I think that it really, just revolving around all the Gokaijers, it's just totally cool. Go ahead, Anthony. Uh, overall, I really enjoy the conf the final confrontation between Joe and Guy Zorg. Um, the fact that Joe was able to like deal the final blow without even being transformed just shows you how like not only badass this guy is, but also how strong he is. You know. Cause Barzor was a tough was was a tough you know cookie to fight, so this wasn't no easy thing, and he was able to able to do that much to him, and I'm just like wow, like he 
he really showed his stuff, and he and Sid was right. He did get stronger. I've noticed it. And uh, overall, I did like the um, the final confrontation between uh, between the Go Hydras and Walls Guild, as and it really goes to show you that like even though yeah like Guy Sword was more more or less just a like puppet for like Walls Guild to use, the fact that he got that upset about about losing his subordinate kind of like shows maybe he, maybe in his own twisted way he did care about him, if that makes sense. I, yeah, I mean, I know like, probably like probably overthinking things, but like you know, you don't get that upset over just a minute, you know. You've been like, oh well, oh well, I'll just move on. From, I'll just give me somebody else to 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 you know be my subordinate, but you know, mm-hmm. he cared about him that much to get that upset about him. So I guess he meant something to him. But overall, I enjoyed the episode. And uh, I like the fact that like uh, Marvelous was able to like talk to his former um, leader about uh, about things and like just uh, every everything about this episode was actually just, just really good overall. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm gonna give a quick brief thought because Anthony and Nathan have covered this really well once again so this is a great episode um i do agree with nathan that it's probably the closest you'll ever get to a gokai to their tribute i mean it's not officially listed as one but it serves hell might as well just be one um yeah so i thought it was well done but i do want to talk about that stupid megazord that we got in this one i don't uh, so nate you don't like this one but I don't. You complain more about the other one a lot more. Um, oh, I don't either. Like I, I don't like so, either okay. one of them. I think they're okay, not. Okay. In the episodes prior to the Go On Zer tribute, we start to see a trend with the Gokai Zers, and we see this trend all throughout until now. So whenever they get a new grand power, that's a auxiliary Zord related thing. Yeah. It's like they forget they had something before that they could alternate back and forth with. Mm-hmm. So once you get the uh uh, Hurricanes are uh, auxiliary sword. You forget about the Gower Ranger auxiliary sword and the Decker Ranger auxiliary sword and all the other ones. Yeah, it's like and, they were using, um, like they were using Manji Dragon and Pat Striker a lot, but then yeah. when they got the Shinkinger Grand Power that allowed them to combine with Gow Line, they stopped using that. Then they got Furai Maru. Then all of a sudden they stopped using all of those and just started using Furai Maru all the time. Yeah, and I don't like that. I just. It bugs me. And see, right here, the Gokaizers have their grand power. This is optimal time to create some interesting Ultra Zord configuration involving everything. And they wasted it making this garbage instead. Yeah. 
I actually didn't mind this one. I actually like this one more. I like uh, the goes in the goes um the gozu uh gokai gokaio. To be honest, I with mean, you. but the but see, Anthony, it's not like I don't mind the Megazord in principle. It's not like it's badly designed, in my opinion. I mean, right. it has some things I don't like about it, but I'm calling up more to miss opportunity to make an Ultra Zord right. that was like more. Mm-hmm. Um, using everything. Well, there's yeah. a lot of ish. Like, so, so we didn't really describe how this whole thing works. Basically, it's that. Um, uh, so, no, none of the main Gokai machines, aside from the Galleon, are involved in this. Like, Gokai L loses both its arms and legs. Uh, it only gets Gojujin's arms again, and uh, Mock Galkin kind of becomes armor for it. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, I refer to, I refer everyone to my rant a few a little while ago about you know my issue with Goju Gokaio. Um, here's the problem I have with Kanzen Gokaio, and you know it kind of, it's kind of similar to what uh, Riz was saying. Even when Gokaiger was airing, and I don't know what I don't know what Final Sentimex look like nowadays, but even when Gokaiger was airing. This is the era of the overcluttered, crazy, like, cluster effer mechs for the final mech. You know, like, this is the era of, like, you know, what the RPM Ultra Zord was, or G12 formation, or, right. you know, or, you know, a Samurai Ha'o, or the Samurai Gigazord, if you're a Power Rangers fan. It's like you take all the Zords and you just clump them all together in really ridiculous, but in the same way, really fun-looking combinations. I mean, I have I have both G12 Formation and Samurai Ha'o at my house, and I love playing around with those. Those things, do they look ridiculous because of all like the assorted parts put together? Sure. But does it look intimidating? Yeah. And it looks awesome. I don't feel that way about Gokaio. I mean, uh, Kanzen Gokaio. It maybe it looks a little bit more like it looks more just from like a design perspective. Like it's meant to be like the mid-season combination. Like this is like Mokdalkin splitting up into pieces and becoming armor for Gokaio. That's what Gojujin should have done for Goju Gokaio. Um, you know. That's what Kanzen Gokaio looks like. It doesn't look like it should be the final Megazord. It should be like a mid-season mech, and then maybe, and then for the Ultra, you know, final formation, give like some big mecha formation that's like a combination between Gokaio, Gojujin, Makalkin, Maji Dragon, Pat Striker, all those things, you know, because then you have you have an Ultra Zord that's representative of all the Sentais that you've brought together. So this is just a... I agree with Riz. It's a massive wasted opportunity. I... I mean, it is a sad... It's real. Like, I'll talk more about this because at some point I'm planning to do a video series where I talk about, um... Like, the, uh, the history of, like, you know, Power Rangers slash Sentai mecha lines. I'm going to be starting from the Zordon era... And then just kind of splitting it up between like the Zordon era, the post Zordon Saban era, Disney. Uh, y- you get the idea. 
Um, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go into more details about that and like what, you know, and how I, without doing that, but I'm just going to say that like, it's a really sad day when like the best Mecca formations as far like that I remember are the ones where like, like after Hurricane Gokayo, like Hurricane Gokayo and Furaimaru looks good. Everything after that is just one big nosedive and it just explodes. You know? Yeah. Like, I love you, Gokaiger, but you had this amazing opportunity and you just blew it with your mech. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to say. Anything else? No. That's I'm good. I'm ready to do final thoughts. So a lot just happened. <laughs> we got a lot of grand powers, new ranger keys. Um, and uh, things are about to take a wild turn because one of the main villains is dead now. Well, actually two, but the main boss was dead. Um, I would say that uh, Gokadr's definitely evolving. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we've uh, we we already have two story arcs that have concluded. Like Joe's whole story with uh, with um, with uh, Bari Zorg has basically over. Uh, we're not going to get anything else with Luca because we already know her story and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so that means that uh, I can't wait to see what the future holds for Don. I am and for Don and I am. Uh, I already know what's going to happen, but I'm still looking forward to taking a look at those episodes. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't really have much else thoughts. I mean, I just think that this batch of episodes was a great, uh, the story is definitely evolving. Yeah, this mm -hmm. is probably the strongest batch we've reviewed so far, in my opinion. Um, it, I'm not going to have the part. It didn't, ha so it had filler in that. There's one episode I just didn't deal with anything like a tribute episode, but at the same time, even that episode was not truly filler in that we learn more about Luca, we learn more about her past. So it's a great character development story. There's nothing just like a bullshit thing where nothing was really being um, improved or just progressed. And in this set, we we either we learned what a character. We saw the character evolve, or we saw a tribute to an older team. And this batch episode we just read, it does all that, and it does it well. I, I don't think there's a single bit here that I dislike, minus the Zord just kind of sucking, but that's not the fault of the story or the plot. That's the fault of people who don't know how to make a toy. Yep. Um, so those are my thoughts. Um, I'm looking forward to the next iteration of this because I'm really enjoying Gokaiser. It's my favorite thing in the world and also it's fun to be back doing this again like consistently. Yep. So yep. yeah. You got anything to say, Anthony? Um overall I really enjoy these batches episodes. Um I think out of all of them I really like the Ama Ranger uh tribute and I really like the well all two, all the two bars really, for both uh, Goanger and for the battle against uh, 
Walsgillen uh Barzorg. Those were fun. Oh, and also the episodes with uh, the the uh, Goanger and finding out how um how what Bosco Petrue looks like. Yep. Because he, because like he really showed that like he's not some pushover. He can really like seriously mess someone up. Well, what does the future hold with the Gokaijus in their battle against Bosco? Well, we'll find out next time. Um, so, anything else, guys? I'm good to roll. I'm good, too. Okay, well, that wraps up uh, this video. Uh, we thank you guys for watching. Um, we're going to be taking a break uh, next week uh, because uh, the as of the... Re- as of the recording of this video, um, next weekend is Thanksgiving weekend, and we're going to be some taking a little bit of time off. But then after that, we're going to come back to um, <clears throat> we're going to be doing um, as far as uh, the schedule. Uh, the next time when we come back in two weeks, we're going to be reviewing um, Gokaijers episodes thirty nine through forty eight, and then after that. Uh, we'll be reviewing three, the final three episodes of Gokaiger, which is like, uh, you know, their final in-game arc. Um, and, yeah, and then we'll basically be done with this, and then we'll be uh, moving on to our next Sentai. Uh, we're not going to reveal which uh, Sentai, um, unless I've already revealed in a previous video, I can't remember, but uh, we're, uh, we'll, you, we definitely hope that you guys will check that out. Um, other than that, uh, we once again thank you guys for watching. We hope you guys will, uh, if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, please uh, subscribe and leave a comment down below with anything you'd like to see covered, and we'll definitely look into that. Be sure to check us out on Spotify and iTunes as well. We're actually pretty popular on iTunes, at least. Um, also, be sure to check us out on our main website, AnimeSecrets.org, and all of our social media. Um, pages such as Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, other than that, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this. We once again thank you for joining us on this treasure hunt. We only got two more uh, little tasks to do before we finally hit the treasure. So just bear with us, guys. We're getting pretty close, and we're definitely having a good time. We hope that you guys are too. So we are Toku Secrets, and we will see you guys next time. Later.